Well, Zell, episode four, what do you think about that? I think it's awesome, brother. <laughs> uh, pretty excited tonight. We got, uh, holy cow, we got a lot of ground to cover. We do. And one of the things, uh, you know, it's funny because Zell and I can take uh, very little and work for quite a long time. So it's going to be very interesting to see if we can fit it all in tonight in our generally around a couple hours. So if it runs long, I'm not promising that it will, but if it does, you'll know why. Uh, and so, Exile, if you want to kind of uh, introduce what we're talking about and kind of, you know, its importance a little bit as well in coming up in Star Citizen. Well, today's episode is going to be modularity, something that's kind of been a little bit of contention with the community for quite some time. You know, when things got introduced, uh, you know, back in 2015, um, you know, became a, a big stretch goal thing. And in that 2016, 17, 18 range, it kind of became a, a point of contention with the community. People were, didn't know, uh, you know, they uh, feel like it was kind of a bait and switch situation for a lot of people where they brought it in as a stretch goal and then put it on the back burner. And, and then it, uh, kind of wasn't talked about again for a lot of time and people uh, kind of had a black pill moment but you know from from all the research that we've done lately and you know it's been brought up more recently that you know modularity is still you know a big part of uh, a lot of these ships that we're going to be talking about tonight uh, something that you know the reason that it had been so long in the pipeline is that there was a lot of technical issues that needed to be overcome before modularity could get in. And we'll touch a little bit on those, I guess, a little bit later um, on the tech part. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, we're here to say that uh, something that we should, you know, get pretty excited about because there's a lot of implications for, you know, your particular gameplay style, you know, with your ships you know, changing it out, you know, going bounty hunting in, you know, uh, one minute and changing it out to run cargo the next. It's, it's, um, it, it's a design that, uh, something that, uh, you know, keeps, keeps a lot of different things going on. So. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like, uh, one of the things I will say is, and, and I'm really kind of happy I missed a lot of that early debate about that stuff. And I can certainly understand where the community was coming from. Um, but you know, like, um, just the modularity in general, uh, you know, uh, you know, and of course that you have your major ships so that they've talked about it, but then there's a much more extended list as, as, you know, Zell's uh, kind of dug into it. Um, I don't know. I mean, from a ship standpoint, uh, I don't know of, of a single more kind of interesting thought or, you know, kind of a single more important, you know, game function maybe than being able to take your, you know, one craft and really specialize it in multiple different ways. I mean, it is, uh, you know, a really, really fascinating kind of uh, concept. Of course, um, you know, one of the things that caught my ears was uh, something that was uh, that was said in uh, 2018 Calling All Devs. And, you know, I think Zell and I have kind of 
definitely dove back into, into some antiquity here uh, when it comes to uh, modularity. Um, and, and somebody spoke to it, says, think of modules as cartridges, you know. Um, but they really did, and, and I think Zell alluded to this, you know, they really did talk about it required a specialized interior object container, a back-end technology that just wasn't available at the time. And, and I think that, um, you know, as they began to kind of, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's of course the dreamer phase where you like think of all the different kinds of, of uh, modules that you could potentially put into a ship. Uh, but then there's that point where the rubber meets the road and you actually have to begin kind of planning for those things. And you, they must've realized at some point they just weren't going to have the technology. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, um, you know, uh, from the back end. But then of course there's all these other very critical things like pipe management, you know, um, power management, heat, management. life support, access points, and all of that stuff has to fit like a glove in there. You know, you can't have gaps where, you know, your modular things banging around back there. It's got, it's all got to fit exactly in the same spaces. So a tremendous amount of work has to go into it. Well, what's pretty wild about that is that they built the engine that these ships function um, off the power supply. I mean, yes, there's a C-switches and different things that they can turn on and off. But the way the engine works is these these particular any compartment in your ship right now has you know digitally has power running to it um, you know has cooling running to it different systems um, if your computers in that particular area your computer systems so in the future when those areas get damaged they get shut off like you can have you know for bigger ships you can have certain areas of your ships that lose life support that lose um, whole integrity where that area of the ship, you know, oxygen would be evacuated. So, uh, you know, you would have to, you know, go and fix the life support systems and patch those whole, you know, have, uh, having the ability to go in and patch those areas up and uh, reroute, you know, systems power back to the ship. And it, you know, it's gonna, you know, be a lot of fun gameplay. But all those systems exist inside the modules too. So all the power, all the, you know, uh, the everything that runs through that area will be attached to that module. So, but one of the, you know, as they were saying, the things that really that they ran into, it's they knew how to do it. It was, it's kind of a timing issue for them right now. Right. It's a, it's basically a Cortex obstacle. Um, and in the kind of in a simpler terms it's um, an item port system needs to work inside an object container which it does um you know then you have stations that have item parts inside of them so you have object containers are static not dynamic so the object container can't move and that's kind of a problem when you when you say take the retaliator for instance when you're try to put the jump ship module inside of it. The way it works now is uh, it's core design with the bomb bay. Um, that will stay static. So <laughs> when the module goes in, you'll have the jump ship uh, seats, but then you'll have those two nine size torpedoes, you know, <laughs> right there with them as well. Yeah. Depending so, on, depending on how you lay it out. You're absolutely right. I yep. mean, 
you know, one so of the, you, go ahead. those object containers need to be, you know, need to become dynamic. And that's what they're kind of working on. I guess one of the big things is, is that when you, when you, uh, delete them and undelete them, the engine doesn't like that right now. And the people that need to work, which is, I guess the ironic part of all of this is the, the teams that are putting the PU together that working on server meshing are the same guys that design the object containers. So those guys would have to come in and recode all those different things to be dynamic instead of static and then run the pipe system code, which is, you know, your power, your cooling, your, you know, all the different things that go through that through that area. Absolutely. I mean, and, and make no mistake about it. I mean, there are core tech teams that are very familiar with uh, the way Star Citizen works uh, that have been migrated to Squadron 42. Uh, you know, that Squadron 42, is, as everybody knows, has become a... Uh, I, I think the thing with Squadron 42 ultimately is I think they know that there's an end to it. They can actually kind of... There's a beginning, a middle, and an end and that they pour a lot of time and energy into it, they can actually get to a finished product where potentially, I mean, the PU, you know, may not ever be, who knows? I mean, you know, they maybe just, they just keep adding on and on as long as people are playing the game and, you know, and, and money continues to come in, they may continue to add systems at some point in the future. I mean, certainly there's an enormous amount of development between now and then all sorts of systems, uh, you know, <laughs> that you hope come, come into play, but those, it must take an enormous amount of time to spin up core tech teams, and and they they have a lot of their core tech teams are uh, are really repurposed right now to 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 just kind of lay the lash to to uh, Squadron Forty Two and get it out the door. Well, do you think um, do you think they're at that point right now that they kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel? Well, one of the things that's hinting towards that, and I think you and I talked about it a little bit is the fact that they're starting to work on the retaliator base. And I think yep. that that's a bit of a tell. I do. I think that that might be kind of a tell that they're starting to get to the technical place that they need to get to in order to kind of begin putting some wrap around some of these modular things. It's one of the reasons we find ourselves here talking about this. I think it's, uh, you know, Zell and I are incredibly interested in the infinite layers of star citizen you know and and there's a lot of history that you can dig into and a lot of words have been said and a lot of things have happened and and the and i myself have seen the pu come in enormous amount of ways uh in the year and a half that i've been actively playing the game but i do think with uh with um you know entity streaming coming uh you know uh in 318 um and some of these things were starting to get around the corner on some of this back-end tech. Uh, and and I, like I said, I think that that retaliator base, the fact that they're starting to work on it, is kind of a tip of the hat to the fact that modularity is, um, is definitely on the radar. And it is, we're starting to get to a place where uh, they can potentially envision being able to you know, put some resources into it and make something happen. Well, as being... A bit of a star citizen archaeologist. <laughs> um, yeah, the when they were explaining, you know, some of the tech obstacles that these guys had right now, um, 
that's been over a year ago. And the fact that just recently them talking about um, reworking the uh, retaliator, you know, uh, expanding, they're going to expand it a little bit. Uh, AI couldn't walk down the hall. AI couldn't transverse those hallways very well. So they're going to expand it out a little bit and probably a little, you know, a little bit in the beam, a little bit in the length. The very fact that they're working on it um, leads us to believe that they've, they've at least, um, you know, when you look at a lot of these guys, some of, um, you know, these engineers, people kind of get swapped swapped in and out on certain things and they'll work on a particular item you know they'll have a they'll have a time frame they'll have like 20 days to work on that item uh, and then they have to go in and overcome those things in those 20 days and then those engineers will have to go back to what they were working on that type of thing but the very fact that they're working on the retaliator now leads me to believe in and you as well uh, that they've got they've got uh, they've overcome those obstacles with modularity. I couldn't agree more. Which yep. opens up, you know, a whole broad new thing for gameplay. You know, and not, you know, an and, and absolutely stunning amount of uh, gameplay for, game, you know, uh, stunning amount of gameplay op op options. But also, uh, if you really stop and take a look at this and you start beginning laying all the nuts and bolts on the table... There's a, a tremendous amount of value in potentially these base model ships. You know, you think about the Retaliator, once again, the Caterpillar and the Endeavor, the three kind of... And, and while there's a much larger, much more extensive list, as, as Zell's uncovered, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, um, but, you know, there is a... You know, you, you, when you lay your hard-earned dollars out for, uh, you know... you know, and, and Zell and I are people that highly encourage you to buy ships in-game. You know, for the most part, you know, you might want to, you know, you know, support the game how you will, but you know, oh, be a backer, yeah, be, be a, backer a backer for sure, exactly. Mm -hmm. But you know, you know, if you're wanting to take that Pokemon approach and collect them all, collect them in game. Um, one of the things that V and I had talked about before, you know, we still have those those itchy fingers. You know, it's like ooh. <laughs> Difficult, you know, yeah. it, it, it's it, it's the it's the feeling of ownership, and I, I know a lot of people have that. You know, it's one of the big drivers for me. It's it's ooh, I bought it, I own it. But eventually, when you buy it in game, you'll own it too. You know, it, it isn't you know it isn't a monetary asset anymore. It's something that you earned inside game. Um, and you know, hey, if you love collecting digital assets for you know, real life money. I am, you know, go for it. <laughs> uh, you know, but I believe it, it's really, the game's really built to, you know, for you to earn those things in game. And I'm not saying, I still, you know, we still buy, um, you know, we still buy little packs and things like that to keep the game running. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a subscriber. Yeah, I am too. So, uh, you know, so we, you know, so $20 a month goes the game every, every month. And not to go, you know, too far out of um, what we're talking about here. It, you know, e even if it was a subscription model, I'd pay it. 
you know, it's like if people are, you know, you know, we've all paid, we've all paid those MMO subscriptions. And, and I feel like it, it honestly, any game that doesn't have that model and it, uh, you're do really doing yourself a disservice because I, I'll, I'd pay that every month. Oh, I would too. I mean, and, I, you're, you, you know, you, for people like us who game, I mean, this is a big part of our entertainment budget. It also, I mean, you know, potentially a bit, you know, not to be too crazy about it, but a big part of your kind of just state of health. I mean, it's just a wonderful, like I really, it's very cathartic for me to be able to go out, find my little uh, corner of space and do some mining and, um, and just, I enjoy the gameplay loop, the, 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 the cares of the world just kind of slip away. Uh, and I just kind of get focused on making sure that I keep that, that, that charge right in the green window and that, you know, and I really just kind of forget, you know, and just kind of begin kind of getting into the fact that, you know, Hey, I mean, I've got it, you know, I got this, uh, this, this, this job in front of me, you know what I mean? And I want to get this thing done and get it back to the refinery. So you know, it's, right. yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, when you get bit, um, you know, you, you do get bit sometimes by, there are certain games that get you, you know, like, uh, uh, that we talked about, for instance, Star Wars Galaxy's last, you know, Star, Star Citizen's got me, you know, like it's, it's one of those games where I definitely, um, it's, it's a really, it's a beautiful game. Uh, it's audacious. Uh, it's taking risks. Uh, and I appreciate that. And I'm definitely willing to, you know, to kind of back it and, uh, and 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 throw a little uh, and throw a little of my hard-earned dollars in there f as a thank you for the enjoyment that I get out of it, which is a tremendous amount. Um, but I still think, you know, and I, and I do, I am a huge advocate of buying things in game and, and as a sense of progression. Um, but if you are going to spend your hard-earned dollars, um, maybe some of your best money spent are in these modular ships, which is one of the reasons we're talking about them tonight. Something like the Retaliator that you know, that can provide multiple different roles. Absolutely. Um, uh, things, e even now, and we'll talk a little bit, because, wow, can we talk a lot about it. But the Endeavor, right now, base price on that thing was $350. That thing is, that, I mean, and, and then, and, oh, that ship, yeah. Go on. That's literally a capital <laughs> a capital ship Slightly for three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. You know, that is. You're if you're talking about you know that is good value. You know, you and I have have already spent more than five hundred dollars <laughs> on the game, and you know we we kind of are at that point where we feel like we've done our part. Like I said, you know we're subscribers, so and we'll continue to pay that monthly subscription as well but because we you know we believe in it um but we're at that point now where we get more enjoyment from getting out uh, and earning those new ships in game i mean that that's a that's a driving thing for us i agree 100 and so uh that that's where our gameplay fun comes from you know and i mean uh you know just to kind of speak to the one thing I, I have heard from some people is that, you know, and, and I definitely understand for some other gameplay loops, there may not be a sense of progression. But in Star Citizen, I absolutely experienced a complete sense of progression, you know, because I am interested in space mining. It's just 
you know, like in the real world, like I read articles about potential drone, you know, pushing kind of space drone fleets into the asteroid belt or, you know, like future, like popular science, future, yes, you know, that, that stuff is just interesting to me in general. You know, but um, when I started first started playing, I think they were given the 135C away uh, as kind of a loner. I had a Cuddy Black. You know, I started just kind of, I did, did your basic box missions. I started hand mining. I And because the only thing persistent in the universe at that time was a backpack. So I <laughs> would hand mine. I'd throw stuff in my backpack. If I 30K'd or whatever, at least I wound back up on Alisar with a backpack full of Hadnight. You know, so, um, and, and then, you know, uh, eventually I purchased an ROC with, um, with profits from hand mining. Eventually I purchased the prospector with profits from ROC mining. Uh, and then I realized I loved the prospector and I purchased the prospector in for, for real dollars. Um, you know, and of course, eventually earned the mole in game as well. But, you know, so sense of progression is one of those things where I think, you can mix up the the acquisition of ships with that as well, and that's why I do strong I do strongly recommend that you find the thing you like to do in game, and you do that thing in the game, and then you earn and 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 now there are some other some gameplay loops that have come kind of full circle. You can FPS and make quite a bit of money, you know. You can go cave spelunking and find things in the caves, you know. I think you just did some of that, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh... You know, a couple of guys and I, uh, we went, uh, we went spelunking on, uh, one of those, uh, fly down into caves. And if you haven't, you know, experienced that yet, it is pretty mind blowing. The amount of work that, it, you know, the vastness of those caves, it's, it's pretty huge. And the little jumping puzzles and everything else, it's, it's pretty great. And if you haven't, uh, if you haven't experienced it yet, I, I fully recommend, you know, going and doing a little spelunking. That's for sure. So, you um, know, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I drove us into the weeds there. Uh, one thing I will say, um, the thing that, you know, kind of pivoting back really quickly to the retaliator. One of the things that I guess I didn't know about it, which, you know, of course, uh, it's one of the, I always knew there was this torpedo variant was out there, but I never quite realized that there was a front and a back modular section. That there's a, you know, that there's a front and a rear section and that there are some things that only work in the front and there are some things that only work in the back. And I thought that was very interesting. Well, the Caterpillar is one of those ships that <laughs> is, it gets brought up. One of the things that, you know, <laughs> not to drive back into the weeds, but things like the Odyssey. Things, you know, those type of ships that are going to be like the Swiss Army knives. The Caterpillar kind of fits that that same role. It, it's going to be like a Swiss Army knife. Oh, absolutely. There's, yeah, the Cat is, it's really got a lot of different module options. I mean, there's, and, and we don't know, I mean, a lot of this, you know, we're pontificating a bit. And, and so there's been a lot of words said. And we don't necessarily know how much of, you know, of what was said is, uh, you know, just kind of... Um, Theory crafting on their part, you know, I, you know, but there's a heck of a good, I will just, you know, in reference to the, to the Caterpillar, there is a, an, a ship shape on the Drake Caterpillar that was from November 21st to 2015, where Randy Vasquez and Space Dad kind of go into the different modules. It's very, very much worth a watch. Now, I understand that there's some, you know, some perishable information in there, but you really do get the sense of, 
all of the different ways that you could potentially, um, all of the different ways that you could potentially modify that ship. And it's pretty amazing. Well, you know, a lot of those things may change. I think one of the things a lot of people, they kind of get into or, or conflate with, oh, they're not going to do it or whatever else. Yeah, things do change. We've seen a lot of this uh, with something that's going to be coming up here pretty soon with uh, Alien Week is the Banu Merchman. Yeah. That thing has grown in size tremendously. It has. It was, it's way... It was going to be a lot smaller than it is now. Oh, yeah. it, is, it is a huge ship now. And these guys that are designing this stuff, a lot of people kind of go, eh, well, you know, the developers, they don't want to do it, or or maybe they don't know how to do it. I don't think it's that at all. I think these guys are as passionate as we are about building this. I know I would be. I'd be, you know, one of the things I, I said the other night to someone, that is, if I was designing a game, I, I would definitely be, you know, uh, if someone wrote me a blank check and said, here, design the game that you want to design. Yes, I would throw everything and the kitchen sink, the neighbor's backyard. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and into the game. There is, there is nothing. I would want this to be a living, breathing thing. And I believe that's the direction that the game is going. I, I feel like a lot of these guys, when you hear them talking about it, they, they, talk about it with a passion that we do and i believe that uh if it's possible they'll make it happen oh i agree 100 percent. one of the things that kind of blew my mind you know you know uh as i was as i was kind of preparing for this is um the retaliator and the caterpillar they have these brochures and i don't know if you've ever looked at the brochures they're pretty amazing um, i tell you what some of those commercials and brochures are some some of the best ever and you know you talk about i mean and i understand this marketing material and it's not lost on me but you want to it's just like if you take a look if you just roll through the retaliator brochure the pdf of that thing i promise you a tremendous amount of time and energy went into those things i mean just the brochure and so if you ever wonder where the money starts citizens going you know, take, I mean, it's unbelievable, really, the, 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 the level of detail that they put into some of these things. Now, uh, you know, and I will say, I mean, I, I don't get too lost in the sauce, if you will, when it comes to the, to the brochures. Um, I always look at those as, you know, like if I walk into a car dealership, they have a brochure for their car. And it's going to say, like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I've always approached the Star Citizen brochures the same way, kind of like a role play of the company's best spin on how that ship, you know, I don't take that stuff as CIG saying verbatim, this is the thing that it works. You know, this is how it goes, you know, is this the carrot killer, like that, that whole thing, you know, like, and I know that was kind of said more by a dev, but, you know, you know, the Odyssey, you know, being a perfect example of that, I mean, um, you know, they really, there's some fantastic attention to detail for it poured into some of these resources about these ships. That's one of the, I think we need to develop, uh, one of the next episodes that we need to do is, uh, maybe we need to put the Carrick and the Odyssey head to head. I love that idea. We'll, I think that's a good we'll, one. We'll, 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 uh, we'll kind of look at it at the, you know, 
we'll play the, uh, you know, we'll play both sides of it, kind of do the devil advocate type thing and, and see, see where, see where it all kind of weighs out. Where that you know, conversation which, which leads. Which one would yeah. you prefer type thing. So, you know, so let's talk about, I do want to talk about, um, you know, of course, you know, the, the, the more extended list, but let's just talk about, because I know that we were talking about a little about the cat, a little about the retaliator. Let's go through the modules in, um, in the retaliator just first. Because it's the okay. smallest one. And so, you know, I thought that would, of course, you have your, the base variant, which is just, as, as far as I know, it's just kind of a, you know, kind of a, it's just kind of empty back there. I mean, I don't. Yep. It doesn't, yeah, for the front and aft, it, it's blank. It's, yep. Well, it's, as it is now, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have anything and it. it doesn't have the torpedo bay. Right. Uh, so. It'll be interesting to see, you know. Of course, then they have the torpedo bay. Now, it's important to understand that, um, once again, like, it has a front and a rear section that are modular. You know, that's yep. that's what's that's what's interesting about that. And so, uh, and then, so you have the torpedo. Then you have the cargo. And there's two different variants of those. They have independent lifts, which I think is cool. Um, I think a total of about 40 SEU. 20 SEU each is kind of what they had said. I don't know if you heard anything different than that, which is... Nope. Then you have your living space, which is, two, there's actually two different variants of that, like a front and a rear, and they're different. You know, they're slightly different. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, and one of them did feature, uh, like, it's, I don't know if you've, like in the M2 or the A2 or the C2, when you have that personal storage type thing, they do mention that the living, that the, there is the, per, like that personal storage is in the, is in that living space, you know, kind of thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, oh, the the different hab areas. It's the front that front hab area also has um, kind of that crew commons area. Yes, as well. So, yep, that's awesome. Then you have your dropship variant, which is only for the front. It's a front only thing. It, it's a twelve troopers, yep, two drum seats. Yeah. Now here's some things that were interesting. You know, uh, it's got weapons racks, of course, and it's basically a light armory in there. Um, but then they have this recharge for power armor was one of the things that was mentioned. Now, power armor had never been anything I'd heard of before, you know, like, uh, and it, it makes sense, you know, that there's, there's some kind of, uh, you know, some armor maybe that had personal shields, you know, I think a Dune actually a little bit, you know, like for that particular type of thing. Um, you know, but that's just, it surprised me because they're like, you can recharge your power armor. I'm like, what's, what's power armor? Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, they're, um, oh man, I'll really get into the weeds if I start talking. About that. Yeah. But yeah, they're, you know, for, um, Titan armor, they called it. Yeah. They're, they're going to have, um, you know, the, the different variants of armor. And one of them is the, um, you know, when you're for medical gameplay, a lot of that armor is going to be powered. Some of the, uh, some of those modules will be able to be uh, recharged from the armor. Um, it has those particular pieces also have modularity too, and we could really talk a lot about yeah, that as well. Yeah, we really could. So, I mean, those are the four that they mentioned: torpedo, cargo, living space, dropship. But there are also some additional ones in the pipeline that actually kind of. And I'm not saying these are 100%, but these were also options that were mentioned uh, in cryostasis, like a, like for bounty hunters, much like I think you, like you see in the in the, the Cutlass Blue. 
you know, those types of things. Um, and of course, a medical or a medical station type uh, variant as well. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, they even mentioned potentially like some salvage, maybe some e-war, um, you know, type of stuff as well. So it's, you know, I definitely know those, those first four that we mentioned are coming, but there's, you know, there's some other things that were just kind of mentioned on the side in the periphery that it does make you wonder if, they, you know, if they get those, you know, you know, as they revisit this stuff. Um, and more things, more tech comes online and more gameplay loops come online if more modularity will come online. Well, you, you know that it will be. Um, ben Curtis talked about it last CitizenCon, that when they overcome, you know, these little tech obstacles, that the sky's the limit. They really want to work on different modularities for all these different ships beyond just the customization of certain things, um, you know, that, that would, for them, you know, adding, you know, a ton of different modules to the ships that, that are designed for it now, um, you know, would actually, you know, add to the, the list instead of, you know, them building new ships, um, for a lot of different things, they can reuse the ships that they have and not just as in variants, but as in, you know, say the retaliator they were talking about. Uh, all these different things, you know, the the big things that were talked about with the retali retaliator were the, you know, torpedo bay, the habitation, the jump and drops, you know, the drop seats. Mm -hmm. um, front and aft there's you know two different areas for their modules but then you also have these things that were spoken about in the periphery as well um so yeah they could do hundreds of different things with these ships as they are right now without having to build uh new ships for you know these specific roles i mean they are you know going to continue building ships and you know, that's really what I want as well as seeing new ships all the time. Like I said, I'm, I'm the collector and, you know, the more, the more, the more, you know, the more I'm happy as well. But also being able to reuse a lot of these ships that we see now just by changing out modules um, would be pretty awesome. You know, and I think, you know, like kind of just kind of circling back, it's you had that $150 base price. Now, uh, you know, of course, you're like some of your torpedo variant ships are are much more costly than that. You know, mm -hmm. some of your cargo ships are much more costly than that. Now, I understand it's just forty SCU, but that's still it's not bad. You know, uh, your drop ships are incredibly expensive. You know what I mean? A lot of them, uh, and then just kind of you know just as a daily driver as well. And I mean, you know, the the retaliator uh, does have quite a few uh, turrets on it as well. So, you know, seven. Yeah. <laughs> so you really. You're getting a whole lot of versatility, you know, and potential versatility out of one ship. And I really think that's where modularity just begins to kind of shine, you know, that that for $150, then if you buy those modules in game, just buy through earnings or whatever, you're really going to have 
something that you know it's you know, it's going to be very combat orientated or you can do some ground stuff uh something you can kind of just live out of if you're on a long trip uh you know or you know uh, and i we have seen where there's going to be these small cargo type operations that maybe are going to be a little more lucrative coming up so 40 scu might be right in the wheelhouse to make quite a profit on some you know some uh you, you know some questionable merchandise <laughs> well if you're wanting to invest in the game $150, you're getting a lot of bang for the buck. That's exactly what it boils down to. 100% agree with that. Let's talk about, let's go down the list of of the different ships, and then we can expand upon it a little bit. Okay. Let's get on something that's, that excites you more than anything. Let's talk about the Caterpillar. Let's well, talk about all the things they can do. Yes, I mean, you know, and, and so it's interesting because you have the Retaliator and then a slightly bigger version of that is the Caterpillar and then, of course, the, you know, Stealing Space Dad's favorite thing, the big Mamma Jam of the Endeavor, right? So, yeah, right. the Caterpillar's got six modules that, uh, and I believe five of them, I believe five of them can be swapped out. One of them is kind of a static one, but the other ones are actual modules that you can... Um, that you can swap out. And so here are the different ones they talked about. Number one's an armory. So, of course, mm -hmm. you have your weapons and armor in there. The one of them that kind of blew my mind was a store. You know, you actually will have, like, these kiosks in one of those modules where, Yeah, you know, I saw that retail shop. I was like, retail shop in a Caterpillar? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fascinating to me. I mean, and, you know, we'll talk about more about that, you know, like like some of the potential gameplay for something like that, you know, uh, around the corner here. But then, of course, you have your medical bays. And one of the things that kind of interested me about the cat is, you know, when you have the cat, the cat has its, it's got that catwalk along the top of, that goes above the, um, the cargo area. And they're actually, mm -hmm. you know, like, it, there's enough room in there to have two floors in these modules. So, like, when the, when they were looking at the medical bay, you know, there was, like, the beds and that type of thing kind of on the lower deck. But there was this little elevator that went to the upper deck where it was kind of like a doctor's kind of quarters or, like, a little research area type medical research area. So that's a, that that's, was, was another one that was mentioned, a medical bay. There was mobile salvage is potentially an option. Now, I think that was going to be a little more around the front of it, but, you know, like uh, uh, they, they mentioned, you know, having kind of salvage tools and equipment. There's a barracks module that had rows of bunks and a food dispensary type thing in it. So you can kind of have, you know, you could... Uh, now, you have to, you know, the Caterpillar has these five different sections. So it's like you really can begin, um, you know, imagining, you know... Uh, you know, some of the versatility, you know, um, you know, you could certainly, if you're going to have ground troops, you know, if you're going to do some salvage, if you're going to do, uh, you know, if you're going to um, have like a, a mobile hospital, you know, uh, of course, of course, you do have your cargo modules, you know, those are what's there now, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then there's an engineering module they talked about. Um, and then, of course, you do have your uh, there was this one variant that they talked about, which was like, uh, the, there are these, like, you can actually have these big fuel tanks that are in there as well. 
you know, and that, like I said, I don't know if some of this was all kind of based on this, uh, this, this, this November 21, 2015, like where Randy Vasquez and Space Dad talk about the Drake Caterpillar. But, you know, they talked about, you know, kind of these, like, you know, extent, like fuel tanks that can kind of extend its range. I mean, can yep. you imagine, like, one of those things as a big fuel tank? I mean, that's pretty fascinating. Uh, but the thing, two things that blew my mind was the search and rescue were these things called launch bays that, that are only specifically in the front where you would actually, it would, it would kind of fling or zing or push you know, search and rescue personnel out very quickly to where, like, yep. if, if you were approaching, like, a derelict or you're even if maybe it's not quite derelict yet, you know, it's it's a damaged ship and you're trying to quickly get, you know, cover an EVA space, you know, where you could kind of, it would launch you very quickly out that front towards the, you know, whatever, wherever you're trying to do the search and rescue. You know, those are amazing things. I mean, you know, so... Uh, you really begin to kind of get a sense of, um, of, of, of the mix and match that you can, uh, that you can do. And the, the last thing, and I said, so funny, I sent Zell a picture of this cause I was so floored by it is that there's this, uh, this, um, docking collar, like one of those modules can become a docking collar where it pushes out like the, the docking collar tubes where other ships can come and connect. So if you had a mobile hospital, maybe, you know, you have a couple of cargo units, a couple of, you know, you know, one or two hospital units. And then you have the docking collar where people can come in and, and connect and get down there and get on to a docking bed, you know, get to a hospital bed. You know, it is, it really begin it really begins to kind of inform like, you know, you on how incredibly versatile something, you know, and we haven't even talked about the command Module. The command module. Detaching. That, that was one. That was one of the things that I was gonna, you know, ask. So we got, we got the fuselage that has cargo, habitation, science lab, a repair salvage shop, a retail shop. <laughs> even got brought up where I heard in passing of a conference or meeting base potentially. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, medical bays. And then the the Escher painting that you sent me with the car with the with all the with all the airlocks in it. Yeah, which in, in was this, nuts. And that's it's they, like, they showed four constellations. You... you know, not and that seems like a bridge too far to me, maybe. But four constellations basically docked, you know, with 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 uh with the with the caterpillar. You know, in in different variations of the docking collars, dude, that looked tricky. <laughs> it definitely looked tricky for sure. Um, I could see, um, I could see, you know, you know, the two lateral docking or the over and under docking, but holy cow, the whole four of them. That that's that's wild. Now, one of the things that they did mention in that is each module in this particular case has its own life support, its own power supply. They're self-sustained. You know, that's interesting to me. So is that going to take component space? You know what I mean? Are you going to have like kind of a, like a tier, like a, like a, like a, are you going to need a size one power? You know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. type, uh, type thing in, in each one of those. Is there going to be? component space in each one of those modular 
you know, that, that to me gets, it really kind of gets crazy. Um, and so, yeah, you know, here we find ourselves once again, I don't, I should have looked it up. I don't know the base price of a Caterpillar, but you're talking about, you know, this, this ship is like a, you know, it is a very much a Swiss army knife, um, you know, in, in, in that regard. And you, so you really begin to, it has a lot of variable gameplay, you know, outside of the fact it's one hell of a cargo hauler, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, with the removable command module, one of the things I started thinking about with the, you know, the rear engine, that whole, that whole hull section, <clears throat> would there be a way that you could take the command module and swap to another drive section and you know, where it's built out in a particular way where uh, you could kind of swap between those two drive sections. I absolutely think you're detaching that command module and going and hooking up to another just kind of like it's almost like the way tractor trailers, they leave their trailers in a, you know, on a big on a big cement pad someplace. Well, that's, you know, that's exactly what came to mind to me was, is it going to be like you know, these cats that can leave a trailer and then hook to another trailer. That's the first thing that came to mind. That's exactly what it's going to be like. And I mean, it begins being somewhat mind-blowing that you could have, you know, maybe just a like, you know, three, depending on, you know, how big your op operation is. I mean, you could have, you know, you could really have like a, a command kind of vessel, a barracks vessel. You, you know, I mean, the only thing you don't have with, uh, with, with that, uh, you know, with the cat is you don't have a hanger, you know, you have, you'd have to rely on kind of, you know, kind of the, um, you know, the airlocks, you know, but other than that, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for that ship. I mean, it is, there's a ton of versatility in that. Well, I believe, um, for a lot of those guys out there that are that just love the caterpillar i mean the gameplay there's you know so many different directions you can go with the gameplay with a cat uh just beyond you know space trucking and that's you know the that's what they primarily you know are used for right now and people love it for that um you know i dig the cat for what it is and uh you know we have we have a couple of guys that just love the command module on the cat they they think it's the best cockpit ever um i wouldn't go that far i think it's really cool <laughs> but uh you know it's something that has a lot of character and when modularity comes in you know you can do so many different things with it well, and so many uh, ships are, are, you know, there are very few ships that are like, you know, that, that should be an asymmetric like it is. You know, mm -hmm. I think that really, and Zell is absolutely right. I think, and we've, we've kind of ch ch chatted about this kind of briefly. There are some Caterpillar Zealots out there. They adore the Caterpillar. It's like they're, it's their ship. They love the thing. And I can appreciate that. You know, like, um, to me, it's, 
it's so I've never even flown one, you know, so that maybe says a lot about it. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've flown one or not, so. Oh yeah. A couple of times. Um, no, I, I dig it. It's cool. I, I really do. You know, it definitely has that industrial look that we're really into. Um, to me, it, um, it's a little, to get to the command modules, a little windy, you go up an elevator, you know, you have to, you know, go down a hallway, then go up another hallway, then go up some stairs. Um, you know, but I do have a little bit of a bias because, you know, I'm also, you know, I love them all, but I'm kind of a crusader fanboy too. So, uh, getting into the, uh, the Hercs, which is just kind of a straight shot. You got to go through about 10 doors, but it is a straight shot, shot to the cockpit. And I think you, yeah, you're definitely seeing kind of the old design versus the new design. You know, I think that there's, yep. there's certainly some, you know, the one thing if, you know, you can say what you want about Star Citizen and I'll say lots of good things. Uh, you can't say that their ship pipeline isn't improving. It's definitely getting better. I mean, that's, that's why a lot of these ships are going back to be reworked, kind of getting on that, you know, the they they understood that and now they they kind of understand that things have a but you know there's ways to have a better flow um so yeah a lot of these caterpillar i'm not sure I'm, I'm i'd say they will before modularity rolls in that they would you know they're going to do their goal pass on it and um make it a little bit more straightforward i don't know people it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? Absolutely. So maybe maybe people dig that. It's just something that that I felt like the corridors were a little convoluted to me. Um, same thing could be said. Um, something that's kind of near to us a little bit is the Starfare. Absolutely. Uh, the, way, the way it was designed. Of course, it was another one of those designs that were years ago. Uh, some of the first designed ships ever. Um, and they're going to be basically gutting the Starfare and, you know, starting from scratch on it and redoing it. Um, because, you know, that the layout of it is wacky. Interesting. Say yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very interesting how you have to kind of work your way through that ship to get places, you know, and, and, um, yeah, the Starfare is an interesting, you know, you know, that's definitely one where, um, I know that I have super excited about you know obviously the expanse was a huge you know kind of game changer in my mind you know having we all knew there were going to be the mobile refineries um but you know the one thing about the starfare that you know is kind of interesting is is the fact that you know i really really want to get more definition on what's going on with those starfare refineries you know i you know i think you and i talked about that not terribly long ago where to me, that you know, if you can just take uh, and bring raw quantanium to the expanse, and take refined quantanium to the starfarer, mm -hmm. and the starfarer can take that refined quantanium and then refine that into quantum. in the fuel. Yeah. If it can do that, man, it is on. It, it seems like that needs to be either, uh, you know, kind of 
they need to do a better job of kind of making, you know, I'd like to know, is that going to be the kind of what closes that loop? Or is there going to be a, a different ship that kind of closes that loop? You know, because you, you definitely, that whole nomad or, you know, traveling fleet where you can kind of produce your own energy. You know, you can see the Starfarer, it does have the hi, the hydrogen scoops. It's got the fuel scoops. I'd like, you know, for them to push that uh, tech a little further where, you know, if if you load up your fuel scoop, uh, if you, uh, pardon me, if you go like on a fuel scoop run and you, you kind of top off on hydrogen, man, I'd like to be able to just dump that back into the, you know, into the refinery and then have that turn that into the hydrogen fuel, you know, and then, and then move on, you know, uh, and then just keep, you know, go and fill up your tank again. So, you know, that Starfarer, it's, you know, kind of, you know, and, and hopefully this isn't a bridge too far. I think it's a critical, you know, some critical infrastructure, some, you know, in that, and it's good to know there's a redesign coming. Uh, I hope that there's some of that gameplay in there. Well, one of the things that, uh, that we had spoken about before is that they did make a big deal about that port for Quantanium. Uh, so, and it being a refinery, even now, if you look at the console, you know, it, it has the, when you open up the console, it has the function to go into the refinery. And <clears throat> that's one of the things I believe is where the, when the expanse comes online, I believe they're working on this gameplay loop right now. I believe, yes, they're going to take that refined Quantanium. You'll be able to add it to the Starfarer. The Starfarer will turn it into fuel, sort of like how it does with hydrogen. Yes. And uh, and that's how that will work out. Uh, the other, other ship, the only other ship that we know that has that same tech is the Odyssey. It can scoop its own fuel, um, and it has a mining module to it where you can mine quantanium with it, put it on board. It has a built-in refinery to it. So it, that ship is self-contained. It can move around the verse wherever it wants to go. It doesn't have to stop anywhere. Yeah, I mean the hydrogen fuel is an is an interesting thing. I don't know if there, if it'll be able to be fitted with fuel scoops or not. So that would be the one area where the hydrogen fuel could come into play. But it absolutely can quantum everywhere. Yep. You know, and I would imagine that thing's going to have an enormous hydrogen tank. Well, it, they did talk about it being able to refine its own hydrogen as well. Hmm. Yep, it was specifically talked about. It can do it both. And uh, one of the, and the reason behind it is that it can stay out infinitely. That's the goal. I mean, really, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's the, and the gold standard of, of that type of ship. And, you know, I mean, you know, obviously pivoting back, we've talked about, you know, kind of the Odyssey versus the Carrick. I mean, you know, I know the Carrick has, um, you know, those, those, those belly pods that are, you know, that are modular, you know, and, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of versatility in those things. Uh, and of course, the Carrick has its own charm and, and and things about it that are fantastic, but you know that that Odyssey is going to be a very interesting ship if it absolutely doesn't ever have to come back. You know, if it could just stay out there kind of infinitely, that's uh, 
that's kind of the dream in a way, you know? I, I mean, it's, well, <laughs> we also got to think about how they're planning on doing the Star Fair. Is it one of the things where, now we're speculating, we, have, we haven't heard this yet. Absolutely. Like, you know, like I was talking about, they made a big deal about that new port and all that stuff. Um, and, and this has just been within the past couple months. Um, I meant to pull that reference up earlier today, but, uh, you know, we kind of got a little behind. But one of the things I do know, you know, the Star Fair was designed also to be modular as well. A lot of the modules within it now, it's got, it's got beyond the pods, they have different refining tanks. It has three refining fuel tanks. It also, you can put, here's something that kind of blew my mind a little bit. They're also going to have cargo pods. So you can remove, remove the fuel pods and add cargo pods. Yeah, much more, kind of, you know, in, it's the, um, the raft that comes to mind it's it's kind of they're going to be external cargo pods mm -hmm. which is kind of wild you know i know we're talking about modularity and you know uh things providing different roles but where do we come in to say certain things should be specific to that gameplay loop ah. like yeah, like the Star Fair, you know, its its primary function is refueling, and it does make sense for it to have a refinery on it to when you are out in the burst to partner it with something like the Expanse, where you can bring that raw quantanium in, refine it, create quantum for refueling. Um, you know, it already has the big hydrogen scoops and those will be like, uh, components in the future, you know, like now we can change out the fuel pods and the refueling boom, uh, at some point we'll also be able to do that with those hydrogen scoops. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, uh, uh, they talked about being able to take like the, um, you know how the 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 Gemini has that um, you know those pot those uh, missile pods on the front uh, where you're going to be able to swat you know pull that right out of there and, and put the size uh, six uh, fuel scoop on the front of that thing. And so, the Gemini. I've been watching a lot of uh, old NASA stuff. <laughs> we were talking about the Gemini modules and stuff. The Gemini. Well, it's kind of wild. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I do, it is important to me, you know, like to, to, to see that come to full fruition, right? Where you've got like that, you know, you, of course you do the mining, you bring the materials in, you put them in the, and the expanse, they do talk about, you know, also it has its, it can refine other things than just metals, so, you know, um, and so it, somewhere between those, the Starfare and the expanse, uh, if, you know, the, the ability to make the hydrogen and make the quantum fuel, that's really going to be, you know, or it's either that or there's going to be some other ship that's going to, you know, need to need to kind of bridge that gap. But I really do think they should work it. You know, I mean, they've already got them there, you know, and they're going to be doing a rework and they've already got some of those, you know, refining tanks on there. I definitely mm -hmm. and they certainly seem to have the wiggle room space, wiggle room. 
Uh, you know, I, I certainly hope that they stitch that stuff together in a neat package. Well, you already kind of see how they have that set up <clears throat> where they can put the refinery on the outside because you have you have space back there on those platforms to put it underneath where you can almost leave the interior uh, for other things. Although, you know, they may be using some of that interior space as well. Well, you know, I'm curious to see how well that plays out. Yeah, I bet you knowing how their pipeline works today and knowing how much wiggle room they have to work with, I bet you it's going to be a stunning rework. I bet you it's going to be a surprise. You know, if I were to gamble a little bit, and I, and I will for the, for the sake of just kind of sticking behind, you know, my claim, you know, I think that this is going to be a pretty cool rework. And we're really going to see maybe a flash of when they have these older designs. I think the 600i is another, you know, 600 is another one of them. You know, that they're, yep. they're going to rework these ships and it's really going to be amazing to see how the new pipeline uh, can kind of can really kind of capitalize on the space that was at least generated, uh, you know, at the, at the time. And, I, you know, not that they did a bad job with those ships, because you really have to take your time and make something. And, and let it marinate for a while before you can actually kind of get your, you know, you know, you got to gotta crawl, then walk, then run, right? And so it, I am really excited for the Starfarer rework and, you know, quite honestly, the 600 rework as well. Well, that is kind of going to the 600. That, you know, that's another one that uh, has modularity as well. Mm -hmm. It has the exploration where that whole... Um, they're shifting the way the layout is now. They're making the 600. They're, they're swapping around. They're putting all the, the, the modular parts to the rear of the ship. So you have the exploration and the touring. The touring is going to be the, the more luxury level uh, on par with the 890. Uh, and then you'll have the exploration that's going to have med bays and things like that <clears throat> the, you know a lot of this uh, you know a lot of these modules it's definitely one thing that uh, we see a recurring theme is um, adding to the exploration gameplay loop yeah and you know exploration is one of those things where you know I could see us talking about that you know at some point as a, just a whole episode on its own because I have a lot of questions about exploration you know and and, and I hope there's so many cool ways that those questions could be answered. Um, but of course, you know, right now we just have Stanton and of course we'll have Pyro and eventually we'll have Nyx. Um, but at some point, you know, there's going to have to be some consideration for, you know, just discovering, you know, you know, potentially. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe they might do something like that. It's just like, you know, what a cool concept would be like, hey somewhere in this enormous pyro or somewhere in this, you know, I don't know the size of Nyx, I can't quite know, but somewhere in Nyx, you know, there is a jump point to a new place, but you guys have to find it. Something like that would be awesome. You know, if, if like, you know, you have to kind of begin, like if they start giving you the tools or whatever, and you could begin kind of scanning and looking and then, you know, maybe being that, you know, that first guy who discovers that jump point to that next place and trying to keep it under wraps and, <laughs> you know, now that's, you know, obviously me just really kind of getting off into the weeds, but, you know, uh, boy, that would be a lot of fun. 
Well, we're seeing it a lot, you know, uh, say with the modules on the 600i, if you switch it out to exploration, mm -hmm. uh, the Carrick, the Odyssey that we were just talking about, the Endeavor that we're going to hit upon uh, here soon, all those things are designed. <clears throat> now, they did say, you know, like with the Endeavor, for instance, they have that big, that big array, and it's specifically designed. Uh, they talked a little bit about it, not to get too much into it right now, but they talked a little bit about, yes, that's what it does. It, it searches for these new jump points. So, man, we could theory craft for hours on all the different directions we could go with this, you know, with the exploration gameplay loop. And the way all these ships are laid out right now, <clears throat> With that type of uh, with that type of functionality, you're gonna you know you would think that's how a lot of that's gonna play out. Even right now, <clears throat> I believe in they said even in Terra, there is two other jump points that haven't even been discovered yet. Yeah, see that's yeah that's what I'm talking about. Like when they start if they start doing things like that where they're they're allowing players you know they you know they you know maybe just hint at the fact that there's a new system in in place but you who knows where it's at right like let's say they're at 23 systems you know and they're like okay there's two new systems but you guys have to find the jump points oh my stars in heaven you you, you have to like from a player perspective for you to be the person that is out there kind of in a deep space exploration type thing and for you to be the person that would locate the jump point that would take you to that next place and for you to be the person who you know you, you you're the first person who goes through that jump point and comes out into that i mean there's you know there you want to talk about driving gameplay you know something like that it would be an absolute deluge of players would would come into the game for sure. Man, how awesome would that be? <laughs> it would be fantastic. Is it, it going to be like, uh, you know, you would really think that it would be like how Elite Dangerous is when when these new systems get discovered, whoever discovered them, you know, gets to name them. It's, I mean, you know, are these, are these jump points going to be, you know, named after the player that finds the jump point? Yeah. That, that now, wouldn't that be oh awesome? Oh, my gosh. You know, and like I had always thought like it would be cool. Like, so you have like, let's say it takes four jumps to get to a system, but all of a sudden somebody's just doing some long range scanning and they find a jump point and that jump point goes like from that, like instead of having to go four systems for whatever reason, it goes from that one system to this other system that's usually four jumps away. And it's like for one week, it's only, or for some, you know, it's, it's not a stable type thing. It's not going to last forever. But for a very short period of time, you know, you'd you'd be able to jump through this kind of unstable wormhole and cover much greater amount of ground, you know, than you could potentially cover. You know, things like that. Oh, it really begins kind of getting the gears turning, if you will. You know, for sure. That, you know, that's where things like the Carrick, the Odyssey, the Endeavor, uh, some of these other ships that are designed to go long range. Um, you know, because you're thinking about it, you think about it in Stanton terms, you're like, well, you know, <laughs> it is a big sandbox to play in. Even Stanton is. Absolutely. And it is, 
it is shrunk way smaller than the star citizens that's going to be designed here in the future and it's still a pretty good size sandbox so is it to my understanding that pyro is three times four times bigger than stanton there are definitely supposed to be distances that drives just don't cover fuel tanks just aren't big enough mm -hmm. You know, and um, and you're gonna have to put on that. You know, where we we're used to just, hey, I'm popping on an XL1 drive. You know, I'm popping on a VK00 to head over here. <laughs> no, you're popping on the Goliath. <laughs> you know, you're popping on the one that sips, that sips quantum, and you're going to make dinner while while you <laughs> while you uh, go you know go from one spot to another. You know, and I do, I really do hope like. Where other people might think that that's you know here nor there, I really truly hope that that's a thing. I hope that it's a forty-five minute jump to get to some spot. You know, I wouldn't. I mean, you're playing a game that exists in space, and space is vast. Yeah. And you want to give, you know, you want to give the gameplay that weight, that you know, distances matter. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I want to get there now. Well, you know, the planet is far away and you want to you want to have that sense of distance. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, uh, you know, taking, you know, an extended period of time to jump from one place to the next. Yeah, I was watching this physicist on Joe Rogan the other day, and he said the fastest thing that we can the fastest rocket that we can put. That could leave the Earth. The fastest one would take seventy thousand years. That's what he said. Not seventy, not seven hundred, seventy thousand years to reach the closest thing to us in space. Well, you know, light. You think about light speed, which is crazy. It's a hundred eighty-six thousand meters per second per second. That's fast. <laughs> That and of course, nice. you know, like, you know, the nearest, you know, the nearest little star system, you know, four light years away. That means at the speed of light, it would take four years, four years at the speed of light to get there. You know, and we're, and, we're, we're no, we're nowhere near. I mean, we're like the, like a tiniest person, like, like a zero, zero, zero somewhere around what our, what our best speed is to that. You know, maybe there's a lot of zeros in there. We're that, not moving that fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. No, 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 no. We're not moving that fast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so, yeah, that, you know, that sense of scale, you know, that's that's what we're looking for. Yes. I know a lot of, you know, we come from this uh, fast food culture. You know, we want it now. Uh, we... Now, I guess we can even stop calling it fast food. It's like the Amazon culture. Yep. You know, I ordered it, you know, I ordered it 30 minutes ago. I want it now. Yep. So. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you just got to let, you know, the, the fun part is, man, is, you know, just sitting back and, you know, letting the game, you know, unfold and playing it instead of, you know, I have to be there, you know, yesterday. Well, I mean, you got to use that chessboard in the MSR for something, right? I mean, 
You know, you got you got to have some downtime. I think that is is you know, but actually, I I just think it would be cool to have you know vastus. I really think it's a way for for you to kind of um, you know to to keep you know just the vastness of it needs to be it needs to be there, you know. And I mean, Stanton in in and of itself is 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 super fun, super huge. And when you go down on the planet surface, it's amazing, you know, the scale. But I definitely want the. I really want to put. You know, I, I, I It won't bother me at all if for, to go from uh, py, you know Pyro one to Pyro two, it's ten minutes. It just won't bother me. You know, like it, it just. Oh. I think it would be great. I think that that's uh, that feeds into the gameplay. It makes you plan a lot more carefully. You definitely need. It's like you can't get out there. Uh, I was watching a. It's funny. I was watching a um, a spacewalk one time. This must have been around the year two thousand. One two thousand and two, uh, and this this astronaut like he detached the wrench and then he let it go in space and he bumped it. They went out away from him, and it's just like, oh, whoops! It's just like it floated away. He's like, oops! I, I hope we got another one of these up here, you know? Because, and they did. They had three or four of them, you know. Or they had these thirty thousand dollar wrenches. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it got it just got away from him. You know, it's just like, oh man, it's like I'm not gonna. You know, it's dangerous up there. You can't spacewalk for the wrench. But by the same token, it's like, dang, you know, that's a. Uh, it's like, hey, Houston, we. I need that wrench. You know what I mean? It's like, you need to do some planning for that. So, uh, well, yeah. you know, for a game that they said <clears throat> are gonna have a hundred star systems, is. You know, was that the number that they completely settled on? It goes hundreds enough, you know, or is it going to get into one of those things, you know, when Squadron 42 gets out, the uh, PU finally gets built out into its, you know, game state, you know, out of beta. And then they can start working on you know, it's like a lot of different games, you know, they have expansions to them. You know, you take something like, wow, that's been around for 15 years. Um, where they just, they keep building, you know, the, you know, what keeps the game going is building in these expansions. Is it going to get, you know, I don't think we'll ever get a hundred star systems nowhere close. Well, maybe, <clears throat> maybe 20 by the time the game launches oh i, I know i know they're be, getting yeah. a lot That's faster a building this out and you know they're building a lot of these tools how much of it is it going to be hand built how much of it is it going to be procedurally generated or ai built right um you know the way elite dangerous works you know it's apples and oranges for sure it's not the same fidelity it's not any of that stuff oh but, no you know it, it just it's pretty infinite because all these all these areas are procedurally generated. Uh, Star Citizen isn't like that, you know. We're we're on that more kind of um, realistic gameplay style, and it really is, you know. That got kind of brought up this week when uh, you know Bethesda released that trailer this week on Starfield, right? Uh, a lot of speculation came out. Oh, especially on Spectrum. Oh, is it going to be a Star Citizen killer? It was like, no. Well, it's just, it's a single player game. It's static. Yes, it has 
they said it has a hundred star systems, a thousand planets, and all that jazz. But it isn't gonna be living, breathing, and it it isn't multiplayer. And I just don't think it's gonna have that same vastness. When you you know when I was looking at um, you know when I was looking at a trailer, I don't feel like like when you go to these moons, when you go to these planets, you you honestly feel like you're going someplace. Yes. It, like the place exists. Not like it's just, you know, it's a place in a game, but you really do kind of lose yourself in the immersion where you feel like it's a real place. You're like, wow, this yeah. feels pretty real to me. I, I don't, you know, even playing things like No Man's Sky, Elite Dangerous, is nowhere near, you know, Elite Dangerous, basically. Yeah, you have Odyssey. You can, you know, kind of walk around and do things. But, you know, you, you don't you don't have that seamlessness that you have like you have in Star Citizen. And, you know, Starfield is a game. It's an RPG. And it's, you know, once you've played through the gameplay, you know, once you've run through the story then that's it. I mean, yeah, you may have a lot of places to explore, but, you know, once you've played through the campaign, then it's done. You know, it's more akin to Squadron 42 than anything. Yeah, it's taken on, that's exactly right. It's taken on Squadron a lot more than, than the PU and Star Citizen, for sure. You know, um, and, and one of the things I will, there are some people that get lost in Skyrim and they just kind of never come out, you know, they just love it. You know, they just, that's their, that's their jam. I do think that Starfield is, you know, is different in the sense that um, it's not it's not going to have a persistent universe. You know, it's just those th those things aren't, you know, it's going to have some kind of, I'm sure it's fidelity is going to be fine. I'm sure that it's going to be it's going to have it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, you know, I'm sure the co-op will be fun. Uh, and I'm perfectly I, I what at whatever level Starfield if it if if it has any kind of an inertia where it pushes Star Citizen to try harder, you know, I'm all, I'm all for that. You know what I mean? I think competition is good. Uh, I you know Ooh. you know, but for me, it is that kind of when you get those 25, 50, you know, maybe hundred man type operations going, that those are the types of things. Those, that's an experience that, as far as I know, at least at this point, you'd never have in Starfield. You know, you well, that's the thing. You never have a even, thirty man mining operation going in Star Starfield, as far as I know. Even right now, for us, one day isn't the same as the next. Every day is something, you know, something new and weird and different. That's so true. E even with the, um, you know, even with the limited gameplay loops that we have right now, we still can get into things <laughs> that we didn't do yesterday. You know, it's it's ever changing, and th and that's the one thing that's going to keep something like Star Citizen apart from everything else. And I am with you. I think the more competition, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Because competition starts raising the bar, and then we start seeing, you know, changes. A little kick in the pants didn't hurt anybody. You know. No, I think yeah, I welcome Starfield. I mean, I and. and you know, I will tell you, you know, there's definitely, there, you know, and this, this isn't a necessary, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but there's people who love console games. 
you know, and I, you know, like sports games on consoles, like, you know, old Madden football or NHL hockey or those types of things. I liked playing those types of games way more on the console than the PC, but I'm a PC okay. gamer. I mean, that's in and of itself a for sure 100% thing, you know, um, and so, you know, I liked Skyrim. I think it was great. I really liked uh, Oblivion. I thought it was great. Um, you know, but those games, you mentioned it. There's a, there's a story arc in them. There's a campaign. For myself, I've never just, after I kind of finished the campaign, just kind of kept going into the world and kind of looking for every, you know, kind of thing. It's, you know, like Elden Ring comes up is another one too. Recently, you know, I mean, I watched a lot of gameplay in Elden Ring. I thought it was really, really, really cool. But Star Citizen, like Star Wars Galaxies was that sandbox. Star Citizen is this, it's a sandbox where you kind of go in there and every day you kind of make your own thing up. And I, and yeah. I, and I don't, I appreciate the, the fact that it's not, it's so, I understand that there's a learning curve and that there probably needs to, they need, need to do a better job at kind of helping young players kind of you know, you know, understands kind of the buttons you need to push and the things that you need to do to avoid trouble in, in, in the PU. They definitely could, you know, there, there can be some, certainly room for some improvement there. But it is the sandbox that really is what is, gets in my blood, right? I mean, that's the thing. The fact that every single time you go out, it's not static. It's not the same. It's not to be expected. Um, and, and that's yeah. that's where that exploration wrap, though, is going to be really yep. important that they do it right. Well, you know, even kind of tying it back in is even when they start building out all these different um, star systems, they w once they get settled, I know that they're going to have, you know, um, a sequel to Squadron 42. Mm -hmm. So they'll be working on that. But once the the initial squadron gets released then it's all hands back into the PU. They're going to be able to take all that tech that they learned building Squadron, you know, add it into the PU. Here in a week or so, we're going to get 17.2. That's going to, you know, put that new bit of uh, flavor into it for the next couple months. And then 318's coming. And then we're going to have Persistence. Oh, 318. The first coming. part of Persistence. And that's, you know, that, that is that one little opening the door to what the game is going to be in the future. The greater beyond with it. Absolutely. Yep, I mean, the greater beyond. And <clears throat> so when all these things get built out and they're settled in the way they want to do things, you know, we even know now that, you know, the ship pipeline, ships can be, you know, put out quicker. Um, you know, with the Montreal team adding all these new things to, to the planet, all these, um, you know, points of interest and, uh, derelicts and, you know, adding that flavor into the game that we're going to see in point two, you know, all that stuff is going to get quicker, you know, release quicker and quicker. And when everybody can work on the persistent universe, then we're really going to start seeing the ramp up and how fast things can get built out is, but my question is how much is this going to be hand built and how much is it going to be procedurally generated? Well, and that's a real good question. I mean, and you know, and one thing I want to kind of state, it's like, are the first systems we get like, 
I know Stanton and Pyro and Nix, and I don't I don't really know the greater expansion beyond that. Are those all specifically the Squadron Forty Two? I mean, so as your first, are the first systems that are going to be in the PU kind of, you know, hand stitched with Squadron Forty? They probably are. I mean, I, that's I don't necessarily know the answers to that, you know. But the, yeah, I mean, it's an excellent question that you're asking for sure. Well, to steer us back on the road, because we, we took a little detour. We did. And we'll do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> for sure. I, I guess I guess if you guys have listened, uh, you know, for four episodes, uh, you know, uh, we can talk about a lot of different things. We'll get in the weeds for sure. <laughs> so let's talk about all the ships, and then we'll iterate on some of the ones that, uh, that some of the big ones. Well, let's talk about, you know, all the ships. There, to my knowledge right now, there are 25 ships that are modular. There are 11 ships that, what they're calling, and I'm doing my air quotes, semi-modular. And then you have the other vehicles, which are about 44, that have what they're saying they have no modularity but they have customization uh sort of like the 300 series where i know this is kind of the you know the <laughs> um proto option package type thing the a la carte sort of like yeah. uh, they're they're wanting to make it kind of like if you go to mercedes and go Ooh, i want the uh you know i want the wood trim or i want the carbon fiber trim the trim package, so to speak. Exactly. And that's that's where like the 300 series went into. But all these, every ship that's being designed is going to have, we're not going to call it modularity, but we're going to call it customization. You know, all the components obviously can be changed out. Uh, all the thruster systems, those will be in a package and will be changed out. Um, You'll be able to customize uh, interior parts, uh, seats. You know, you hey, you might want the Star Citizen, you know, version of a Recaro seat, yeah, uh, for for one of your fighters. Um, the, these things are all going to add customization, notwithstanding your paint options. You know, they talked about years ago. They they wheeled out the um, kind of this this prototype with the hex code system where they had a terminal and you could go and pick your hex code um, for your color. I know that's going to be a little bit different. It may be more of an, you know, on the RGB scale where you can either pick, you know, like you've seen it before when you're doing character creations or something like that, you have like this swatch of colors that may be, you know, 60 colors and they, and they range in that spectrum or, you know, or just, you know, pop in the, you know, the hex code or the RGB values. You can just type it in going, I want 7877, you know, I want that color. And, you know, you take it to Cousin Crows and it, and it paints that color. One of the things that they said uh, that they were trying to uh, make it to where all the different colors on these ships looked really you know looked really good because not every ship is going to be made out of the same material and sometimes colors 
look kind of weird on different materials. Absolutely. So, um, you know, they're adding that part into the ship pipeline where uh, you could paint it and it looked good. You know, it didn't look weird or plastic or something like that. It actually looked like paint on metal. And they, they've pretty much kind of figured that out now. So at some point, we should be able to see, uh, you know, the paint customization along with, you know, having, you know, um, your org logo uh, or, you know, kind of like the old World War II bombers where they'd have like the pinup girl, you know, on the nose. Yeah, Something that's like that. yeah, or like exactly, mm -hmm. or the or the shark's teeth or whatever on the front yeah, of the, the shark's teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, th those that level of customization is really cool. I mean, you know, uh, and I do hope. I mean, it would be kind of fun to be able to go through like you know your ships and and pick different uh, you know different types of you know uh, finishes and that type of thing. And 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 you know, of course, uh, sky's the limit there. And take it over to Cousin Crows and. And kind of let them kind of aftermarket it, you know, and, you know, and you could put, you know, if you do have your favorite ship, you could really, really uh, do that with. And I do think that as they kind of, when it comes to the modular ships, I mean, when they get some of these, some of these real promised proof of concept type ones out, that I'm sure that they'll pivot back to some other ones and say, you know, we, you know, there's, uh, th th we could use this, I mean, it would be silly to use to create the tech, you know, only for a couple of ships or whatever and not necessarily apply it, um, mm -hmm. you know, and especially when you have this, these big ships like the Javelin or the Bengal or the Idris or I know those are different sized ships with the Kraken, but when you have lots and lots and lots of space to deal, you know, uh, it really seems like, um, you know, being able to specialize in, you know, in, in those things would really, I mean, that's what that's what people would do. You know, is is kind of is kind of, uh, you know, you know, you're not. It's not if you. I mean, uh, spacecraft are very purpose-driven machines, <laughs> you know, and so you're not going to have some. Well, I don't use the, you know, I don't use that section of the ship very much. That's not going to be a thing, you mm -hmm. know. You know, you, you know. I mean, it's every, every inch of space is going to be critically important, you know. So hopefully that that you know as that tech comes online and they. They really do kind of knock out the Retaliator and the CAD and, you know, of course, the Big Mamma Jamma, the Endeavor, uh, you know, which I, th I think we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, there is this extended list, like you said, that, you know, where they where they're, where they definitely have kind of said that there's going to be modularity uh, and then there's going to be the semi-modulars and then there's going to be the custom, you know, the customizations in layers. And so there's going to be an incredible, uh, incredible amount of versatility and all that. Well, yeah, kind of going back to the 300 series and some of these other ships, like, you know, the things that you can add into them, uh, when you buy the ship, you know, what, um, you know, what options are you going to have when you purchase the ship? It's just like when you go to a dealership, you know, what option package is available at the dealership for you to buy for that particular car? Yeah. Same thing. They tried it a little bit with some of these other ships where it's like, oh, well, do you want to add a coffee maker? Do you want to add this for $5 or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they kind of got a little pushback, got a little pushback from the community on that. 
Which but, is funny because I thought it was great. I mean, I had a ninety-five dollar three one five P that I eventually had. To yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know, it, it, I eventually it, it, melted it for uh, uh for a, a Taurus or whatever. But I was like, hey man, this is great. I thought it was fun as heck. You know, adding those options in the ship, um, I don't have a problem with. Uh, you know, buying you know from a person that buys the paint packages and things like that all the time. Um. You know, I, I feel like, you know, to generate revenue, I'm fine with that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but then, you know, in the same token, you can go, well, you know, how about a $1,600 javelin? Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. I mean, that you, you could sure run it up there. There's a lot of room in there. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, man, I got this $12,000 javelin. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. whoops, you know. But, you know, I, I'm totally... I'm totally cool with, um, you know, with them selling custom options, you know, for five, 10 bucks here and there. I, I'm all right with that if, you know. I am too. One of the things that I've been very happy with Star Citizen is that they have been very balanced about allowing you to purchase things in game that are also for sale. And I hope that they continue that trend. I hope that we never get to a spot where there are just, microtransactions and the only way to get that thing is this one thing i think one of the coolest things that anybody has ever done is taking some of that subscriber gear and kind of sticking it out in the universe in different loot boxes you know giving you a reward for being out for yep. exploring <laughs> I, I like that idea i mean oh I, I do too you know and and while i understand you know you can certainly have a few exclusive items i'm okay with that you know top hat monocles maybe you maybe you don't want those out there i don't you know i i have no problem with it I don't or have being a, in the exclusive clubs, you know, the right. executive club at you know in Orson and Yep. If you um, if you have that pain the special pain job on that six hundred series, uh, fine, keep it. You earned it. <laughs> you know, that that's the thing too. There's also gonna be times where, you know, you go to Citizen Con or you go to a bar citizen, you know, and they're giving in game and that's fine. Yes. You know, they're giving you know, they're giving those incentives out to, you know, as to say, thanks for dropping by. And that's cool, too. You know, so I've never been one to uh, covet other people's like real special. Item. Nah, I mean, nah, you know, that that's that's not my thing. Yeah. I mean, I, no, don't get me wrong. I think it's cool. I mean, you know, there are some unique chips or whatever. And, you know, I mean, and I, it seems like I watched a video where it's like where like there are, there are a couple of ships that are very, very small amounts of people have them. You know, and, well, and I think that's cool. I mean, I'm all right with it. Like the Mustang Omega, where you had to do that AMD contest. Yes. Years and years and years ago. And I think um, somebody oh, actually has has one of those F7 Lightnings or whatever the heck it's called. Like there's one oh, of them yeah, in the, the verse. Uh, F8 Lightning. That's what it is. Yeah. Like one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's one of those in the verse that a guy has, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I, and I don't know exactly how he can like won a contest or something. Can you, what? I'm all right with it. I don't care, if, you know. I mean, yeah. but you know, you also have things, you know, to kind of bring it back in. Then you, you know, take something like the 890, right? Right, where, you know, you got a piano in there. What if you want to change it out to a harp? I mean, these are things that you know. I don't like that couch, but I like this couch, and I like that table, but I like this. Thing. You know, all these things are going to have these, these little tiny customizations to it. You know. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to change my bar around. Maybe I don't want to pull, you know. 
Oh, and um, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, like, I, I really like, yes, I really like the idea of, of being able to kind of go in there and kind of have some choices. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these are going to be that way. It's, it's what you call modular. Yep. And, and of course, the 890 is modular. All these rooms and stuff, you're going to be able to kind of shift around to a certain degree. Absolutely. Um, Constellation, another one of those where um, on the luxury variants and on the Explorer variants, a lot of these things, you're going to be able to add, you know, different little rooms and, you know, add the, you know, uh, observation decks and things like that. Corsair is another one. Um, you know, the Freelancer. Yes. It's one that's going to be changed out a lot with the Freelancer that you're going to get, uh, you know, your cargo, then you'll be able to set it up with like gun racks and suit lockers, prison cells, um, you know, these little different uh, hab areas, the, you know, you'll be able to add the coffee makers, so to speak. Oh, exactly. You know, the Avenger the same way uh, you could take, you could take the plain Jane cargo variant and then, you know, add the modules into it. I know that we get into this, what's a variant and what's a module you know so yes. like with the avenger you know you have the warlock and you know you have uh you know the other um um getting vapor lock what, what's the other one called the uh, not the warlock the um there is the there's the, they have the titan, the titan yep which is the base yep. and then you have the warlock and then you have oh there's the stalker stalker yeah which is the bounty hunter one mm -hmm. with the sales in it so and you get into well what's a variant and what's a module with which is kind of weird in a way because like when it came to um the um vanguards when you went from the warden to the sentinel uh, all those were modules. All those interior, all that interior little spaces right there inside the Vanguard, all those are modules. And those will have modularities as well. Um, they talked a little bit about even putting jump seats and drops, drop seats in there. Uh, torpedo Bay. Uh, you got, you know, for the Sentinel and stuff with electronic warfare. Yeah. Um, then you could also have an expanded hab module that goes inside of it. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these ships that you really didn't think about, you know, are going to have a lot of different variation. I definitely hope they return um, to this whole base, like the whole, how they have the retaliator base. You know, I would be fine with a Vanguard base, you know what I mean? And, and then having, you know, the, the different kit that you want to, you know, you, and you might be able to, so you bring, you know, Instead of having to bring two different ships, you bring one ship, but then you have it's it's a smaller storage than a whole other ship to have a you know a variant uh, or part of me a you know a modular piece that you put in there. Well, how they define variants is based on hard points. What are the hard points? Hmm? You know, absolutely. Like on the Vanguard, some of these, uh, you know, if you by the sentinel which is in game wise it's the cheapest but you can add uh all the same guns as you can on say the harbinger 
the only difference is you know you don't you don't get the the bombs but um you know so you'll have that even with something like the hornet you know it has a bit of modularity to it as well that middle section can come out it becomes one big cylinder so you have the big the big turret right you have the the kind of the AWACS stealth cap that you can put on it. You can change that out to a big cargo box. That's an interesting for, you know, yeah, for well, another for another variant. I don't know how many SCU yeah, they so, would have, like twelve or something? Is interesting. I would say, you know, somewhere it would probably be less than say what an Avenger has. An Avenger is about twelve SCUs. Oh yeah, that would probably be probably be half that almost, maybe six. Yeah, or probably six, yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds about six, right. Yeah. Think about this, you know the little uh, uh, MPUVs, the little Argos. Oh yeah, they have like that cargo pod, cargo pod yeah. passenger pod. You know uh, the cargo. You know instead of having the pod, the cargo containers. Yeah. You know they have a few little, few little modules that go in the, in, in that little guy, and then the cutlasses. They're gonna have. Um, Apparently, any of the variants you'll be able to take out, like in the red, you 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 should be able to take out that area that uh, from the aft back, where it's like that half little cargo. Where a lot of that will be changed out. You you can see it now where they've kind of put in those, um, <clears throat> like uh, that rail that goes through the center there. Uh, if you look at the cutlass steel, you can see where they added the the uh, the jump seats right right in the middle. Uh, if you then you look at the black, you can see where they plugged it in to that rail that runs, you know, down the center of the ship. So that's where it's going to have its modularity. So you can add the you know like in the blue where you have the prison cells or the red where you have the med bay. And, you know, they're, they're going to be adding, you know, a couple of other little things that you can plug into it. Um, you know, with uh, something like the Prospector, you know, the, something that's kind of near and dear to us. It's got modularity. It's one of the ships that is totally modular. And something that we had spoken about before about, uh, you know, what if you pull out the HAB? and made it to where it would be able to carry a couple of more saddlebags. That would be awesome. Yeah, if you had just kind of a, a way to kind of internalize, you know, or there was just some something radical back there that allowed you to have, you know, maybe up to 48 SCU on board. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. Uh, you know, so you have four of those. Let's see, there's 32, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's very interesting. So... You know, that would be, you know, obviously those are what eight, eight SCU bags or whatever. So you put another 16 SCU on there, go 48 or something would be awesome. I mean, the way we use the Prospector now, it we're not going to be doing any long range jumping with it. You know, right. the way we have them built out now. And even, even in the future, if we do go further out, it's not like we're going to take our Prospectors straight to Pyro. Right. You know, we're going to load, load them up 
and uh, jump them up, you know, jump them out there in a bigger ship. So, you know, I don't know if it needs the hab. You know, I, I would like a little bit more SEU. We I would trade it in a second. It. You know, I would trade those creature comforts in a second. You know, I don't spend a lot of time back there. You know, quite honestly, and and uh, and and being able to, we've all had those situations where you know there's a, a couple of purples there that are that have a, f a few more SEU quantanium in them, and you know I would squeeze every, you know, if there was a, a you know some modularity, I'd squeeze squeeze every bit of quantanium on that thing that I could, you know. Yeah, um, I mean we're you know we're leaving money on the table, yeah. so. You know, for sure. So, you know, uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know, like modularity, you know, like I think Enzel's, you know, alluding to it. It's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, when you kind of start beginning digging in, there's a lot of other ships that you didn't quite realize that have, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously it may not be as modular as, you know, this type of thing or that type of thing. Now you may ask yourself, you know, it's like, well, I could just buy a Cutlass Red and a Cutlass Blue, or I could just, you know, but really... If you're if you're you've got something like a, a liberator, if you have one cutlass, but then you have like the the you know the prison cell, the medical bay, you know, or the cargo, you know, those that's you don't have three ships. You have one ship and three, you know, three you know three very storable, much smaller than a ship type thing. You know what I mean? So. You know, it would it'll be very interesting. You know, you know, in the future when they when when the when the when like I said, a lot of the stuff comes out of proof of concept. You mm -hmm. know, and, the, and the, when they go back to do these gold standards, if they you know if they are not going to rethink some of the some of the variants and and maybe uh, and morph that into some of the uh, you know in in the modularity. Well, they, you know, between now and then, they can come up with a couple of you know different ideas that they haven't even mentioned yet. You know, one of the, when they're going through it, one of the ship artists, go, oh, wow, we could, you know, we can add this to it. Absolutely. And, you know, so, you know, that's, that's pretty wild with a lot of that stuff. When, uh, you know, the PU finally gets built out, holy cow, you know, the sky is the limit on a lot of this stuff. People, people could come up with all kinds of, you know, different variations on a lot of these ships. Just to uh, keep them fresh. We, your pocket carrier is only going to be able to carry so much. You know, there there's going to be a time, like when we talked about these extended jumps and stuff, you might be, honestly, hours away from a spot where you have some of your assets. You know, you might have to shuttle some assets. And, 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 to, and that's when, like, you know, something like a retaliator, you know, that has, all, you know, the different options. It just might be the right ship. If you you know if you can store those uh, those modular pieces f far easier than forward you know than than the four ships you'd have to bring, you know it's like it will serve as a torpedo shooter and a dropship. You know you might those are decisions. I mean you're gonna have to make t hard decisions when you've got long distances and you can only bring so much. You know so that's where modularity really you know it's it's gonna allow you to bring more gameplay. In a, in a in a lot smaller space. I mean, you know, so we I mean we talked about just kind of how cool it is, the you know the rule of cool, and we've talked about how it's um, uh, cost effective, but it's also you know just the versatility is yeah second to none. 
I'll go over, I'm going to go over just as a reference for everybody out there, go over the ships that we know so far that are modular. And then we'll end up on talking about the Endeavor because that will probably, that'll run us in to, to, uh, to the end of the show. Oh yeah. And, and we're, you know, our, our shows have been typically about a, uh, just under two hours. We're 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 going to be a little long today, folks. So hang in there. All right. We already hit upon the Avengers a little bit. Yep. That's one. Idris. You know, everybody that knew that. Yep. That in a lot of those rooms, you know, can be swapped around, changed around. Uh, the vanguards. You know, um, we have we have the variants now, but there should be a base just like the Retaliator, where you can swap out the core like that core unit inside the Vanguard. The Hornet, we spoke about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. The Terrapin, that's another one that's going to have modularity as well. Um, so you can change uh, the interior out on it. Uh, the MPV, the MPUV, we talked a little bit about. The uh, Genesis Starliner, I mean, we could have a whole show on oh, that thing. Oh, that thing's going to be so sweet. Yep, it's it's got... You know, uh, four variants to it, and they're all going to be modular. Uh, the caterpillar. We spoke about the caterpillar. Oh. The this, you know, one one of the Swiss Army knives. Yeah, that's the Swiss Army of the, of the SU. Uh, the SCU, Star Citizen Universe. Uh, <laughs> the Cutlasses. Uh, the Kraken. Now we all know that the Kraken has two variants. So we have the, you know, we have the, the, um, the carrier, ver the, the carrier variation. And then we also have the one that's going to be like a, uh, semi space station type place. That's an, you know, not to get off on this too much, but that's another thing that we really need to deep dive to see how far they've thought about this um you know having these retail shops you know you you know the bm is going to be talked about a lot this week yep uh tomorrow uh on um for alien week or you guys will be listening to it today <laughs> yeah fair enough uh, on thursday you know they're gonna bring that up uh around the verse uh so they're gonna be talking about the banning merchant uh it's alien week we're gonna you know definitely find out a little bit more about that but you know these having these uh on ship shops you know how are the you know how's that all that gonna work out because the kraken variant is gonna be you know basically like a space station right so you know i'd be curious to see how that works out the vulture you know it's got modularity the endeavor which we're gonna hit upon here in a minute mm -hmm. the holes the whole series, they got modularity to them. Uh, we spoke a little bit about the Prospector. Uh, the 300 series, we spoke a little bit about. 600 series, a little bit about it. Um, they're bringing the 600 series up to gold standard. They're working on it Active. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely know more about it as well. Uh, it's not one of those things where they've, they like, they hit upon it really recently like they did the retaliator so you know when they start talking about the 600 series it, yeah 
you you know modularity is is right there the aurora it's gonna you know you it's gonna have a couple of different uh options modules for it um they say the bangle you know i'd really need to deep dive that one i'm not sure about that one but yeah when uh, you have that much real estate though you, there's got to be some specialization that goes yeah, where you can you know it, <laughs> i mean it'll be like it'll be kind of like uh like a tetris board where it's kind of like yeah. shifting things around you know um the pegasus is another thing that's going to be you know we spoke about the retaliator retaliator the javelin uh the redeemer you know that um you know, because they call it a slash gunship, so it's mm -hmm. going to have its, you know, its uh, jump seats and things. And uh, I really, I mean, the Redeemer's, to be honest with you, I mean, I like, there's a lot of things I like about the Redeemer. I actually would like to see the interior of that thing, you know, <laughs> different than it is. To be, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it's a weird thing. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but yeah, I, I think you'd agree, right? Oh, I, I, I definitely dig the, uh, the Redeemer. It, it's, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't like it. I know I, it is weird. I, I kind of scratch my head why. I was like, um, you know, they gave it to me to fly for a month, and and I really dug it. So, and I, I know I, I know they nerfed good. those turrets a little bit, but man, you could just you could deal some pretty, pretty well vicious. <laughs> you know, I, I think they've rolled scaled some of that back, even some of the nerfs. Yeah, right? they, they, you know, and. When people start talking about nerfs, they're always temporary because, you know, a lot of this gameplay hasn't been built out yet. And right. Or something like the Redeemer. It's a ship that's supposed to be punching up and not punching down because, right. with, you know, with that big giant gun, you know, yeah, it hit pretty hard. But in the future, when, you know, bigger... You know, the larger ships start, I won't say capital ships, because they'll be coming in, you know, after Squadron 42 and stuff. But, uh, you know, when there's, you know, when there's bigger ships in the gameplay loop, then, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to be balanced around what's to come, not what is right now. So you I guys keep that. that in mind. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's a nerf or, you know, when is the Scorpion going to get a nerf or when is the, you know, because, you know, I'm going to go kick rocks because my eye got the nerf. You know? Right. You know, now it's just kind of bringing it back in line until, you know, until these other things, you know, come online and, and, and get a little bit more fleshed out. Uh, the Gladiator is one, Super Hornet's one. Things with semi-modularity, we talked about the carrot. The Crucible, that's something we could do a whole show on. Um, you know, the Hawk is going to be able to switch, uh, switch out the... You know the little uh the little sail that it has the little uh stasis field oh interesting uh, the, yeah where you can kind of the, the like kind of the one man stash back there yep yeah. <laughs> uh you know we spoke about the freelancer you yeah, know we spoke about the starfare the 890 uh the apollo is another thing where you, you know you'll be able to switch out the you know the hospital beds yeah like the different tiers of them and then how yeah, many there yep, are yep. and that type of thing yeah so yeah, you have the yeah you you can swap swap those tiers out where you have the three tier one beds, the two tier two beds, or the one three or the one tier three bed, and then you know there's there's a left and a right side, so you know you can yep inter interchange those a little bit. 
Um, and then you have the constellation we spoke a little bit about, and then the Corsair that, um, you know, has gone through its, you know, it's in its final art phase right now. So I'd say somewhere in the near future, and at least my speculation is we're going to see it when they finally say, you know, Pyro is going to, you know, is on the horizon. We're going to definitely hear about the Corsair. I believe that's going to be when we're going to see its release. Another asymmetric ship that people just seem to love. You know, I mean, I think people who like those Drake ships, uh, you know, they like that Corsair. The Corsair to me is a very interesting looking ship. Uh, I really hope that they, it is those, um, the turrets on it that have got me a little, you know, that's made me scratch my head. We'll see how they come out though. I don't, you know, I don't want to, kind of preemptively, you know. Yeah, don't, don't draw any conclusions right. or pass judgment just yet. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they could end up being much more like the, uh, um, oh, the uh, Carrix, you know, where they kind of are m much more mobile than you think. So that's that's my hope anyways. Well, you know, we've seen those teaser shots from, you know, the cockpits and the controls, and and uh, you can tell that they're, they are really adding more fidelity um to these cockpits you know there's it looks really cool so yeah i'm I'm excited to see what it uh what it looks like you know one of our buddies uh 11 man, he is all about the corsair he loves that thing it so. is funny how you know there are some ships that really just get under people you know get like the prospector for me it's just I love that ship. I mean, the, the the sounds it makes when you're turning the, you know, like I absolutely love that ship. I mean, it's just one of those things where I've always had kind of a natural affinity to it. I like space mining already. Um, you know, I can really, you know, very, I can fly the heck out of that thing. Um, you know, and I know it's just kind of a, you know, it does, it's just, it's, a, you know, it's kind of a purpose built craft, but it is funny, I mean, how you have your kind of your cat, the people who love, love the cat or love the Corsair, or, you know, yeah. there are 600i, you know, people who really like that 600, you know, series or, you know, di different ships like that, you know, it's, it is, uh, it's, it's funny how, you know, uh, the different ones, you know, they've done a good, there's a lot of different ships and they certainly have done a good job at, 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 at you know, uh, having the different types of design styles, um, yep. and, you know, that type of thing. You know, I like, uh, it's very cool when they, you know, keep to a, a base manufacturer's style, you know, keeping within that style. Yep. And, um, you know, we, we you know, th that's definitely cool when you, when you can see something from a distance and go, Hey, I bet that, you know, I bet that's a Drake ship. Well, just the or whole series that, or the, the prospector yep. or the odyssey, you know, the, the, there's definitely, there, there are so many, and, and the way the crusader ships are, and with the MSR and the, um, you know, and, and, the, and the Hercules ships. I mean, there's definitely the, you know, that, that aesthetic is very, very pronounced. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing. I mean, they, you know. Oh, you definitely know a MISC ship just, you know, just by the front end. Um, and one of the things I feel, you know, I know that, you know, there's a lot of 600i fans out there. You know, I believe the 600i kind of, in my summation, it, it kind of got away from that origin. I mean, 
It does have it in a way because it's got the clean, you know, it's got the sweeping clean lines. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I like them all. But, you know, if, if you were to say, you know, does, does that... It, it wasn't my design aesthetic that I dug. You know, I looked at a couple of those other, um, you know, renderings that they had when they were choosing it. There was a couple of other ones that I liked better. But, oh, I you know, would that, agree with that 100%. I mean, that's just me. That's just me giving my opinion on it. But uh, I mean, yeah. not that I feel like it, you know. That being said, that, lo great, lo yeah. that, that bed, you know, where, where it's like, you know, you have that bed and it's like the whole front glass of that. That's... A that's pretty tough, man. Yeah. You think, oh, no, man. It, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, yes, the interior needs a rework because it's a little convoluted, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, what's not to like about it, you know, Absolutely. people, you know, people like the firepower that it has and, you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool one. And, and, you know, I like the 400 I and you know, I like a lot the of people, yeah, a lot of people don't dig it. So, you know, I like you know, that kind of that shark tooth front or whatever it's called, you know, yeah. like, uh, I do. I like, I, you know, now there are some yeah. things on paper about the 400A I'm not 100% about, but as far <laughs> as the actual ship itself, I think it's great. I mean, it's definitely got, it's, 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 it's certainly very stylistic. Oh, yeah. It, it's another one of those ships that is pretty straightforward. You know, you, you know, you go straight in up and you're right there at the cockpit, you know, it's not a. You know, it's it's not that way, you know, <laughs> around the bend type thing where you have to get out of it. It's very fast uh, in a straight line. I mean, it's and it's a lot tougher than, you know, like I watched a, a dog, you know, big dog fight thing happen. And, and now it wasn't dishing out tons of firepower, but it actually is a fairly tough ship. I mean, it's it got, you know, like it took a beating before it went down for sure. And it was really built for speed. It was you know, to get the hell out of Dodge than to stay in a fight. Absolutely. So, um, let's talk about the Endeavor. We need to, right? Yeah, so, so I mean, you know, you cannot talk about modularity without really bringing in kind of the gargantuan, the, you know, like, that thing is next level. And, I mean, when you're talking value, um, you know, and, and what that is going to offer as far as gameplay goes, the base price, I believe is still $350 if yep. I'm not mistaken. I don't know pound for pound if there's a better deal in star citizen than that particular, if you're going to invest into the project, you're going to get a whole lot on your return. Now I understand. I'm not saying buy all the mo different modules. Don't run it up to a thousand bucks, just buy the base because I have a feeling at some point that base is going to be, the base alone is going to be double the value, you know, that it is today. The only reason I think that it's $350 is because it's going to be the last ship that drops in the game just about. Yep. Uh, bang for the buck, I believe you're right. It's the way, you know, it's kind of like how the Banu Merchant grew tremendously in size. This thing with the way um with it the way the modules and everything lay out this thing is going to be way bigger than it was concept um speculation is 
that, you know, this is going to be a capital size ship. And I mean, if you just take a look at the size of the hangars that you can, I mean, just, you know, this is, it's an enormous ship. And it also it can de- like a giant piece of it can detach from the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, this is, well, this ship is really I mean it is your mobile like whether or not you'll own a space station in this game I don't know someday there may be ways for you to say there will be these um, you know space stations that there are, are maybe a battle for control over you know type of thing and if you you know if there are certain areas you hold on that thing you just kind of own the keys to the kingdom you know but this thing is really going to be your you know your potentially your biggest mobile platform um for a variety of different you know uh gameplays well when you can add two of those docking bays yep where you could have you know because it's talked about, you know, being, you know, with the with the docking having the cutlass red. Is that even with the cutlass red in there, you can still get over four thousand SCU <laughs> in the cargo bay. Yep, and that's with the ship parked in. And then, you know, with the way we looked at the way some of these uh, white boxes have been laid out, you can get more than one cutlass in there in in that docking bay. And then have two of the smaller bays on the on the upper level. And that docking bay is two levels. Yes. So, you know, being able to have two of those is nuts. It um, is. You talk about a pocket carrier. Yep. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's, a, you know, you can just fit that thing to haul spaceships around. I mean, you know, that's, but I mean, it just does so much, I mean, you know, but the, like those large, I mean, this, you know, large hangers are, you, know, you put a couple of those on there. That's crazy. You know? So. Yeah. So, so the first stage is going to be like the, like they're calling it the Explorer cab. And it, it's basically that the, um, that front drive. Yep. That it's going to be, you know, the front section of the ship, which is the command module. Um, it is going to be able to detach. So you can kind of use it to, when you jump out to a, a system, you can use it to kind of explore around and scan new little areas, you know, away from you know, the drive section of the ship, which, you know, which has all the modules attached to it. So you're going to have it. It's going to have, um, it's going to have cargo, you know, I mean, like if you need to run and grab cargo for the rest of the station, you're going to take that, the Explorer cab. I mean, you're going to take the front of that ship and go pick it up and bring it back. Yeah. It, it holds a lot of its cargo, uh, that it has right now. Um, and it's going to have, they're calling it a short jump drive. So we don't know exactly what that is. We, you know, it's like, is it going to be the extent of say what a, um, something that's in the PU now, like, a like, um, a fighter, how far it can jump or, 
you know, say like a, you know, something that would be able to jump like, you know, a medium ship that's in the game now, that, that type of jump, you know, we know that it probably, <clears throat> all the, all the fuel and stuff, it's so, it's probably limited by the amount of fuel that it itself, you know, the Explorer cab itself can carry. Because we know the big, you know, one of the, one of the uh, modules is the that big fuel pod that you can buy for it right now that's you know that's that's one of the modules is that uh it's uh um, it's a long duration mission yeah. you know like it's it's just more fuel i mean so you can yeah. i mean holy smokes i mean you know how many you know and i think you know we talked about that with the caterpillar it's like that just the ability to to go further is a huge thing i mean we're going to do vast distances so so being able to, yeah, that that's that's a super important, uh, super important option potentially if you're going to be maybe moving from one side of the verse to the next. And then you have the second part of the ship is what they're calling the workship part. <clears throat> that's where that's where all the magic happens. That's where you know all the modules attached to. It's the main section of the ship. Um. It's in that three-part grid that attaches to, was it, six attachment points that I believe is uh, going to take on that, um, that whole series tech, you know, where it expands out. And, the, uh, and those grids will spread out, and you have those attachment points. Yep, and, and you're going to have just you're really going to be able to go crazy there. I mean, because then you're going to have your biodome, you know, uh, and of course that's a farm basically. Now, yep. if we just think about that in and of itself, I mean, you can grow crops, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you know, quite honestly, you could grow specialized plants for potentially for medicine. Um, you know, obviously there's the more nefarious things that you can grow hey, in there. Grow, grow your space weed. Yeah, Exactly. You know, so, I mean, um, you know, you're starting, you know, I mean, that's, you know, if you're doing some long-term exploration, I mean, obviously food's critical, you know, so that's, that's a huge thing. Um, and of course, then you have just that, you know, we already talked about it, the fuel pod, which is fantastic. Um, and then you know, this is when it's, it really starts getting crazy. You have like a general research pod and they say, you know, for... Now, one of the things that it was interesting, because I did watch an extra info runners about this, they kind of talked about the general research pod versus the science pod. So one of them is for like external resource gathering, like the, the research pod kind of, you, you know, kind of using it uh, externally, you know, for, for, you know, for gathering things. But then the science pod is more like for analytics modeling, like more inward research, like, you know, you kind of, um, y you know, you have, uh, you know, you have a way to kind of do, um, you know, data gathering and that type of thing. And so I don't, you know, some well, of this stuff, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to flesh out, but it is fascinating to think that these, you know, that you're, you're going to have this level of versatility on the science front in this particular thing. Because I, you know, like, uh, I just want to say really quickly, you know, earlier tonight, Zell and I were looking at this kind of, kind of this early look at like the the cargo uh ui and they listed these different types of things on that cargo ui and you know there are going to be 
I think as, as time wears on, there are going to be these medicinal things and other things that you can gather to synthesize things, um, you know, and, and potentially, you know, having these science modules is going to, you know, lead, lead you to be able to kind of make potentially better versions of those things. Oh, synthesize those, you know, those, those drugs. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, that kind of uh, falls into that medical gameplay loop and, you know, that'd be, in, you know, that's really going to be interesting to see um, how all that plays out. It is, uh, you know, creating, you know, creating medicine and these new compounds and, you know, how, how that, you know, little mini games all, all going to work. It, it's going to be pretty interesting. You get to, <laughs> you know, you get to go in there and do your best Louis Pasteur, you know, so. <laughs> it's exactly right. You know, so, you know, and we've already, we've already kind of hit on the landing pod and, you know, obviously yeah. the large hangers, you know what I mean? Uh, then they you have, go ahead. Oh, you know, what's going to be wild, you know, we're uh, kind of with that one thing, you know, with the, that, the analytic data gathering section where it has, uh, that's where it's going to have, you know, most of its onboard computers. Mm -hmm. um, but it also has the big telescope array, you know, like we we're hitting up on earlier tonight is you know these are the things that are going to be out searching for new jump points and, oh that's exactly and, right and, and i you know, know and that's that's a tremendous yeah the telescope is very interesting to me you know that also may be a fantastic way to kind of if you know you know i mean th there's some um there's definitely some intelligence i mean one of the things that's i mean you want to talk you if you if you want to project power in an area one of the things you have to have is intelligence on that area you have yep. to have reconnaissance. And so if you can tuck one of these things away and you kind of know where certain things are at and you have a telescope, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, like like this. It's almost like the the periscope type thing is a submarine kind of, you know, could pop its periscope up and, you know, kind of look around and see what was happening on the surface, you know. There's an element to this thing where it's like, you know, depending on, you know, like how the how the telescoping works. And of course, you know, there are these, um, of course, navigational studies and those types of things. But potentially just being able to look at like real time at a spot that's like, you know, maybe 35 kilometers away or something, you know, maybe 535 or 5035 kilometers away. You know, I mean, it's pretty amazing. You know, that's pretty. Well, you know. You know, bringing into that uh, that that part of it is, are you going to be paid for doing these surveys, these you know these deep space surveys, collecting all this data? Is it something that uh, you know? That's how the gameplay loop's going to work. Is that you know I go and uh, sell this information or transmit the data, which also kind of brings in you know things like you know, the data gatherers like, uh, you know, like the Star Runner yep. or Herald or, you know, something that's going to be able to intercept that information and, and, and maybe beat you to the punch on, re, you know, or reselling the this newly discovered data or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that, that, that you're using a telescope well. and, and you find uh, you find a pocket of asteroids that just you didn't realize they were there and they're very rich in pyrite. You know what I mean? And so you have these coordinates for this particular thing and, and you have that stored and somebody kind of, you know, comes and kind of hacks your, you know, hacks your system and runs away with your, 
you know, runs away with your valuable data. I mean, there's, well, got, you know, that's, that's an important thing. I mean, you know, data, you know, data stuff is going to be fun. I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, it's, it's sort of like one of those things that kind of um, actually kind of ties back to, you know, stuff that we like to do is are these, you know, your guys out in your Carricks or your Odysseys or your endeavors uh, when they discover these new areas. So they discovered a whole new asteroid field or, or they discovered a planet, uh, you know, with, with this, uh, with a particular ore type that we've been looking for. Could they sell that information? You know, was it one of those things where you would sell that information to say something uh, like an org that, uh, you know, that, that does have, you know, an industrial um, section tied to the org that they would pay for that because you know, we, you know, we need those materials um, for something that, you know, when, if, you know, however the crafting gameplay loop decides to, you know, to be unfolded, you know, or these things that in the future that, you know, like we're, that we spoke about before is, or these little things that, oh, you know, we, we need that. Uh, we need that particular ore because uh, you know it, it aids in our crafting, you know, whatever. And so we'd pay for that information to go, you know, mine mine that material before everybody else. Oh, I and that's just right. I mean, I love mining and I love industrial gameplay, but prospecting in general is just you know being able to find things that are rare or find you know like. Uh, like resource blooms or, you know, just pockets of areas that, I mean, you know, you talk about a gold rush, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, holy smokes. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. And then think about, like, if you think about what a gold rush is, you know, and then, you know, and, and then all of the, I mean, sure. I mean, there was all these people who went in and, um, and, and mined for gold, but there was all these like massive amounts of peripheral businesses built up around that as well. Oh yeah, you know to support that whole situation. I mean, basically, the guys that got rich were the guys that sold, you know, prospectors and miners the shovels. That's exactly <laughs> those, right. Those are the dudes that got rich. They, they 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 sold the pack animals, the the supplies, yeah, the 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 general shopkeepers. You know what I mean? They did so. You know, just kind of uh, moving on. Of course, they do have. Um, you know, one of the modules is a service module, which is like a crew facility. Uh, yeah. allowing the workshop module to function as a standalone installation for longer missions. That's kind of very interesting. Of course, we, t- we hit on the medical bay. I mean, you could basically turn one of those into a mobile hospital if you want. Um, well, that's basically what they what they called it is a floating hospital. Right. It's uh, like a hope, they call it a hope class floating hospital. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if you looked at the uh, the concepts of that, but holy cow, it's like three levels and... You know, it's got uh, like 30 beds or something. It's like, it's pretty big. Yeah, and that's when you begin realizing, it's like when they say that it's, you know, slightly smaller than a Bengal. Okay, I don't know if it, that is enormous. I mean, they talk about a crew of three to five. I have a feeling that's... (laughs) That's three to five in the... In the cab. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's there's no there's no three to five happening there, man. That's you're, you know, that's, I mean, that's an organization's 
you know, like main kind of, you know, you'd, you'd want to talk about. It's like you can imagine like, okay, we're going over. That's the place where you're going to have a lots of your science facilities. You, you potentially are, you know, you have a, maybe even a couple of them. One for kind of growing your food and one of them for your science. And, you know, and then one of them is a good, is a landing bay with some barracks. I mean, you could certainly have some, you know, you could certainly have some mobile operations out of one of those things. Oh, holy smokes. Oh, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, your whole, yeah, you could, you could service. I mean, and your org probably wants to get one of these things. It, it is literally going to be, you know, one of your major base points. Absolutely. Sure. Mm -hmm. Now the super um, collider I've been waited, you know, kind oh, of. Oh, brother. I know. You, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're both really excited about this. This is. Because right. you know the, the thing we've talked about it right. So you so you take the reclaimer and the vultures and you salvage things. You pull off components and you take them over the old crucible or potentially even to to, to, to you know to a caterpillar is going to have like a, an engineering or repair type thing. You know or you know or however you know mostly the, I think the crucible is kind of it's right up its alley. You take those things and you repair them. Right, so they're broken. They've been shot. They're you know they've got laser marks on them. Whatever, you take them over. You kind of make sure they're operational. Then you bring them over to the old endeavor, and you throw those things in the super collider, and that is an overclocking facility. And that is like kind of your white room, like you know where you take something like thrusters or weapons or components. And you absolutely take them to the next level. You know, you make them. And that's where I think you and I have talked about having that RNG type hope. Like, just, I really do hope it's like, I just made the best XL1 drive in the galaxy. <laughs> I just made, you know what I mean? I really hope that they put a randomizer concept in that where, for whatever reason, if there's a gameplay loop and somehow, like, maybe it's got this erratic sequence where it's incredibly difficult. And, but yep, if you, you just. Gotta you're 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 working and you're you're trying to keep everything within the parameters you know it's like for some reason um you know you see the you see all the different levels you know and you're you're working the levels and you're making sure that you when you're overclocking it you you know you don't you don't take it and and uh you know take it to the red where you you know right. smoke the components and and you have that you have that type of uh, gameplay where it uh, you have that risk reward factor Exactly, where you could burn it up, or you get into the like ninety eighth percentile of of all of them in the universe. Yeah, it was like holy smokes, this is. It's like I don't know how this happened, but this thing is like the most fuel efficient, super fast drive ever. You know, a special drive that actually kind of opens up. Maybe a sh all of a sudden, the ship can make a crossing it could never make before. You know, I tell I mean? you, you know, oh man, my stars, yeah. Oh, that, that's something else that is that's very interesting is that engineering gameplay when they yes. bring it in and, and, and how to, you know, how to just tweak the most out of, you know, a particular item. That, that's just going to be awesome. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, it's funny because we've talked about what do you, you know, what would you use in earlier in the show? Like, what would you use your prospectors? You know, what would you use that area? Well, I'll tell you one thing I'll do is I'll probably have a VK00 and a Atlas drive. You know, sitting on my floor back there, you know, <laughs> because it's like, hey, man, I'm doing my short range stuff fine. But it's like, hey, all of a sudden say, like, oh, I got to make a longer jump. I'm just going to pull the one drive out and stick the other one in. You know, I mean, you know, why, if you can do that stuff on the fly, that's something that you, I would highly recommend you do. 
I mean, if you can special, if you can take 15 minutes and kind of swap out components and make your ship, you know, kind of uh, more like, okay, well, we're just traveling. So we're going to make it more, uh, you know, it's going to be able to move at longer range. It's not going to be as fast, that type of thing, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's where that engineering gameplay gets, you know, man, it starts getting really, really there's a lot of wrap around that. That makes just my head spin <laughs> in a good way. Oh yeah, there's uh, there is yeah that that is going to be one of the cooler things in, in the game. So, um, the you know along with everything else, it's like yeah we're going to use the super collider for overclocking, you know certain things and um, you know weapons and thrusters and you know being able to you know to tweak it to its very limits and you know. And if they put in, you know, engaging gameplay, uh, you know, for that uh, that process when you're, you know, when you're looking, you know, for that, uh, you know, for that that best overclock ever kind of thing. You know? Exactly. So that's that's going to be pretty fantastic. And so it's one of those things. It's um, you know, not, not to sound like a hypocrite, but I almost want to go buy one right now. So. Well, I'm in the same boat, man. I mean, it's, it, you know, we talk about it. It's like, you know, so, so, you know, that's, you know, I, I think, you know, I think we covered a lot of bases in modularity. I think that, you know, obviously the small, the medium, the large, the, the extended list, uh, you know, we kind of hypothesized a little bit about just kind of some of, you know, we certainly have done some theory crafting about things that may or may not necessarily come into, come to pass. Uh, and I will say a lot of modularity information's a little antiquated. You know, I definitely would like to see, um, you know, kind of a, you know, a, a, a reboot of some of that conversation a little bit um, for sure. And, you know, but but for me, you know, like, uh, you know, um, the driving factors about modularity, uh, you know, and, and I we've hit on them, you know, kind of it's the bang for your buck. The versatility um, is is realistically something you should strongly consider when you're if you're ever thinking about investing real money i don't think you can go wrong with any with with any of these ships now i understand the caterpillar is a, a touch pricey uh you know but the base uh retaliator at, at, at 150 and the base endeavor at, at uh at 350 i think those two are absolutely worth worth every nickel if, especially if you're going to invest in the project and you know for the most part i would recommend buying all the modules with in-game money yep in-game money because uh, they are the parts that get pricey yep or you can buy the discovery class the science package was what they call with the service crew general research and the general science pods that's 425 dollars so, and if you want to buy the master set, that's all the modules, nine hundred bucks. Yeah, that's the that's what, that's when you can it runs up. But here's the thing, I do think that these these prices are for you know the only reason they're down where they're at right now is because it's such a long ways off. You know, that well, I think this this ship is only going to, it's going to grow in value. It, I mean, it's just based on its size, based on its versatility. This is going to be one of those ones where, you know, you're going, you know, it, it's interesting because you're going to have your Krakens, you know, and there's going to be the, those types of fleets. And then I think you're going to have more of your, like your Endeavor style fleets. You know what I mean? Almost. Well, 
if you're wanting to invest in a, in uh, into the game, uh, or if you're into the, uh, a lot of people are into that CCU. Uh, CCU chains. Yep, where you're chaining things up uh, and purchasing, you know, something at a base price like the Endeavor, uh, where you can, you know, use the war bonds or melt up because this thing is going to go up in price. Oh, it is. You know, last sure. but not least, I mean, I you know, and I and I will absolutely give Info Runners, you know, the full credit for this. But they talked about uh, in one of their episodes, like. You know, you can grow your 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 space weed. <laughs> you know, that's that was their, their their word. I don't know if it's a real. I mean, it, it actually showed. Like we've seen that earlier today in that cargo thing. Yeah. I do wonder if that's going to be a thing. It's colloquial because yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, even when we were doing Jump Town, you know, that's that's the first thing that came to my head. That that's the first thing I said was we're you know we're out here collecting space weed. That's, right. It's what it looked like. It looked like, it looked bales, like bales of, weed, bales of you know? weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have your space weed. Then I mean, and this is what the endeavor. Then you have your onboard lab where you can process it. Then you can have a cargo bay that you can kind of load up your smuggling ships. So I mean, if if you know the endeavors, it's it's got a science. It's got a science aspect to it, and it's got a kind of a an up and up org type thing. But don't sleep on it for for some kind of you know, for pirate operations either. I mean, it's definitely got, you know, there's some, you know, there's some other things. I mean, you could be smuggling right out of that thing. You you could be growing your own nays or haze or whatever that, you know, you can be growing, you know, picking up these, um, going around doing cave splunking or wherever, you know, that you collect all of these kind of um, organic components, bringing them back. Uh, you know, potentially planting them or getting seeds from them and then, you know, using your, your biodomes, then using your labs to process it and using your landing pads to to kind of, uh, you know, kind of process that stuff and make cargo out of it and, you know, smuggle it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... Ship it to, uh, you know, ship it to uh, Grim Hex or ship it to, uh, you know, Ruin places Station. in Cairo yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, because they... I think, uh, you know, obviously Endeavor is going to be it's pretty big. And they say it's got a more of a plug and play feature, which, uh, you know, is it going to be one of those situations where you can drop off a pod and, you know, read, you know, and then kind of hover above it and then lower yourself down and, you know, and attach those pods. Oh, know, like. my stars. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's like, what if you so you had this spot in space and you brought four, you know, different pods out there, and you just kind of detached from them, and then ran and grabbed the other ones and brought them out there, you know, and then with persistence being what it is, you potentially could just hot swap them. Yeah. So, so you had a, you set your little base up, you know, somewhere in an asteroid field, and you know, the way things are, people, you know, even with the way Stanton is right now, you're never just gonna you know trip over trip over something out in the asteroid field no so. i mean there's a lot of place like like there's a lot of places you just i you know i don't go you know and, and i mean yeah. but there's like you, there there are certainly some places you could tuck yourself away and i you know you would not be nobody could ever find you at all nobody could ever when, when the new star map comes online the new baby guys and all that where you can set waypoints the things yep. so you can just drop it out in the middle of nowhere and that's your own little your little spot you know out in the verse and 
and go out there and I guess, uh, you know, if you're into that smuggling gameplay, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are. Well, and I, yeah, listen, I think honestly, you know, whenever, you know, there were, you know, whenever you kind of pioneers went out West, I mean, there were people that kind of created these way stations along the way, you know, um, you could certainly see where an organization would have enough of their own security, would have enough of their own um, capabilities to, you know, have enough members and they would absolutely be able to have, you know, if there's a long jump point from one spot to another where they could have their own refueling, you know, potentially protect that stuff and have kind of like these midway points between, you know, that are just kind of organic player midway points, you know, between a couple of spots where you could stop, refuel, who knows what you're going to get charged, <laughs> you know, uh, and that type of thing. Now it's going to be it's going to be pretty awesome. And something like the Endeavor, where people, um, you know, when you start looking at it and start adding this up, you know, the speculation is these things are going to be pretty big. You know, over, you know, over a thousand meters long. So that's giving up that capital ship territory. So for three hundred fifty bucks. It's not bad. <laughs> Capital ship territory for 350 bucks. That's exactly right. So, you know, kind of a private base, if you will, you know, potentially. And that's, you know, that is a very, very high tier in the game. You know, so that's pretty well. Well, I think, uh, I think we've covered it all. Man. I think we have, man. You know, look, <laughs> I, I, I was worried about this one. You know, I thought I, I figured she'd run a touch long and she did. She ran about 40 minutes longer than we normally would. And that's okay. You know, so for myself, I just want to say, um, and I think, uh, you know, I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. I absolutely, uh, uh, completely enjoy these conversations. Uh, I really appreciate the time and energy and effort that you put into, to digging into some of the, uh, um, you know, t to some of the uh, information that we were able to, to 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 talk about here, there was a lot of things I didn't know. Quite honestly, that uh, that that kind of blows my mind. So, Zell, you know, for, uh, thank you very much. Um, you know, while you're out there, uh, if you're out there listening and you're still listening, I really want you know to thank everybody who you know I've appreciated all of the the warm um, you know kind of uh, comments from people who are enjoying the podcast. Uh, I love doing it, and I just thanks a lot, sir. Man, I tell you, uh, talking with you, we we have so much fun. We do, you know, talking about this and speculating and and uh, what might come to pass and things like that, and, and and that's what really what we you know that's really what we get into is that uh, theory crafting and you know hoping and praying you know these these little things that we talk about you know they they, they come to fruition so I, I love our little talks man thanks for uh thanks for the little talks dude but i'll tell you you know for something like this and a lot of people have been asking and hopefully next week we'll be on spotify and itunes so you guys look for that and uh like comment subscribe to the show leave us you know leave us any criticisms or you know tell us about what you like and uh, we'll see you next week on the rock runner report